set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing The Lion King from 1994, directed by Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff. So this week's episode is a little different than our previous episodes. We have a special guest with us today. And it's Danielle from a podcast called Young, Gifted, and Abroad. So, Danielle, we're very glad to have you here today. Um, Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your podcast? Yeah, for sure. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, I I know I emailed you all like a while back just to say how much I appreciate your show. And I really do. I think that you two are great and that what you're doing with Black Girl Film Club is wonderful um so I'm a fan of Black Girl Film Club I guess that's one thing you can know about me um as Brittany mentioned I do have a podcast called Young Gifted and Abroad which um excuse me uh as I mentioned at the beginning of each episode is perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color so on every episode I interview a different person of color about their study abroad or international learning experiences and that's been going for a little over two years. Um, yeah, because my, my anniversary was on the Ju- on Juneteenth. Oh, so, okay. Because um, I figured it would be easy to remember. So <laughs> we just made it Juneteenth. Make it easy. Make it easy. <laughs> yeah, so that's been really great. Um, yeah, I was just about to say something and I forgot what it was. Oh, yeah, I try to keep... Um, like my definition of study abroad a little bit I guess broad just so I can stick to like the theme or topic that I've committed to but also speak to as many different uh people as possible so um so yeah that's that's me and and that's Young Gifted and Abroad. Yeah so like Danielle mentioned she um actually emailed us I, I don't remember when I want to say in July, it's been that long, maybe. And you're Probably. just like, you're like, I like you guys. Like this, you're such a great like podcast, which I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then you like knew so many random things that Brittany has said. <laughs> Brittany does not remember that stuff. I promise you. I, she does not remember saying any of it. I don't. I, child, like I be saying stuff and I'm like, ooh, I said that. <laughs> I was hoping that y'all wouldn't think I was like just like too over eager or whatnot because I just like those were literally moments that had made me laugh out loud and so like I would write them down just f- for my own sake to remember and then when I decided to email y'all I was like okay let me let me bring these up so they know I'm not just like making this up and I actually do listen to the show <laughs> <laughs> I know, some of the things I remember, but I was like, wait, when did Brittany say that? <laughs> when did Brittany say that craziness? So, yeah, but I thought it was really cool. First of all, I think you were, like, our first, like, like fan email or, like, someone who's just like, oh, my God, I really like your podcast. 
Oh, really? Wow, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, we get emails about, like, you know, random things and and such, but, like, not from, like, someone who's, like, genuinely, like, listens to the podcast, because sometimes people email us, like, no shade to anybody who's emailed us, but just, like, sometimes people email us and, like, we're, like, do you actually listen to this <laughs> podcast? Yeah. Because we're wild, and I just want to make sure you have listened before you, like, you know you know, align yourself with us <laughs> for any reason because we're crazy. But um, getting your email was like, like probably like a highlight of my week. <laughs> and I thought it was super sweet. So we definitely asked Danielle to come on. Um, we were kind of planning on like having guests um, around the time because we had our friend Libby a couple of weeks ago from the Chocolate Hippie podcast. And then um, we were like, oh, we should, you know, if we continue this, like, it'd be really cool. Like, we're not really sure, like, who would come on. But I think your podcast is really interesting because it tackles, like, a subject that people really don't really... I feel like they know about study abroad, but they don't feel like it's for them. Mm-hmm. Like, black yeah. people, especially people of color, don't um, typically have, like, study abroad stories. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. So... I want to know, like, I think I've listened to a few of your episodes, but you mainly interview other people. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, like, how you got started study, doing study abroad and, like, what city did you go to and, like, kind of give us your experience. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I studied abroad twice in undergrad and um, I went to, well, first I spent a summer in Japan. Um I, I studied, well, one of the things I studied in, in, in college was languages. Um, so one of those was Japanese. So the first time I studied abroad, I spent a summer in Japan. And then I think the following year, I spent the summer in France because I also studied French. Um, so, yeah, that's where I went. In Japan, I was in a, um, a town called Hikone, which not a lot of people know about. I guess it's relatively close to Kyoto it's not close but you can get you can do like a cute little day trip if you want to between Hikone (laughs) and and Kyoto or Hikone and um, Nagoya so uh, that's where I was and then in France I was in Paris the whole time I was with a host family so that was a definitely different experience being in a a city versus kind of like a a more laid-back place like I was in Japan and then also um not not being the only person who looks like me uh, <laughs> um yeah so so yeah that's 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 what i did and it, and it is um like you mentioned a lot of people don't think study abroad is for them i like i hear that a lot more now that i've been doing this podcast um and i heard it myself also like when i told people i was studying abroad because it, for me it was like I, a foregone conclusion, like I said, I always love languages. I always wanted to travel internationally. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to study abroad. Like that was part of the whole plan. Um, but then when I was going and um, occasionally people would be like, oh, you know, that's really cool. You know, that's not something a lot of us get to do or blah, 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 blah. So I think that is part of the reason why I did start the podcast, honestly, is because I thought, okay, well, if I can get together a collection of people I know or people I can find <laughs> who have this experience, then, you know, maybe that can be 
like helpful or informative or encouraging to to somebody so so yeah that's, yeah. that's how it all came together yeah because <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say i didn't do study abroad i don't think Brittany, you didn't do study no abroad. i was planning on doing it this year as part of my graduate program yeah Brittany's back hitting those books oh yeah congratulations well, thank you thank you <laughs> She's like, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> uh, we have, we both haven't done it. Um, when I was in, I want to say, well, when I was in high school, I think it was the first time somebody had ever poised like a study abroad because I guess my English teacher would take like a group of students somewhere for like a week or two during the summer. Mm-hmm. I think the it was like tenth grade, and she said. Um, that she was going to go to India. I thought that was super cool. I don't know if she ever went because she had like a, she had a rough year that year. And so, um, because of her rough year, I had a rough year and the rest of us had a rough year. And I was like, we're just washing your, washing our hands. And you have to leave mm. and go to 11th grade. <laughs> and so by the time I think I got to college, I was so busy with like art and stuff like that. And surprisingly, there's not really a lot of study abroad, um, like opportunities through art. I think you could do it like through art history because of course they go to like some really um, interesting places, probably like Italy mm-hmm. and I want to say probably France were the two places I remember seeing and that was also like, I was getting super burnt out and I was like, why don't you like continue with Spanish? Like that was so dumb of you not to continue. <laughs> I didn't have the opportunity to continue Spanish when I was in high mm-hmm. school. So by the time I got to... Like college, and I was just like so over design and art and stuff like that. And I was like, why didn't you just do languages? You like languages, you know, Spanish. And then, and of course, when I'd be in the language building because I had a class there mm-hmm. that wasn't a language class, I would see all these like study abroad, sign up here. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? And of course, at the time, I was like, this is super unattainable. One, because I was, um, you know, poor. And also, mm-hmm. too, because of design school, it's just so rigorous. And I didn't want to have to repeat a year. Um, so I didn't end up doing it. But um, I guess, like you mentioned, that you have your guests. So how do you find um, some of your guests? Because I've listened to, I don't know her name, but she has a podcast. She was in Paris. And she um, has her own podcast. It's called Dinner Oh, Sutanya. Yeah, Sutanya. Yeah. Yeah. Love that episode. And then also, I listened to one of your more recent episodes from, or with Paige Mariah, yeah. who lives in London. Yeah. I used to watch her videos because <laughs> I went to London last year and I found her videos on YouTube. And I was like watching her videos to try to figure out, like, okay, what do people do in London? Because <laughs> I'd never been. Mm-hmm. And I was going alone, so I was trying to figure out. But I guess, like, do you reach out to them, or do you just kind of like, hey, I have this podcast. Do you want to come on? Yeah. Like, how do you? How do you? Do so that? it it really um, depends. Um, I really do appreciate that you mentioned um, like your whole thing about you know why you weren't able. I didn't get the chance to study abroad because I I do try to not just focus on like the the typical like under traditional undergrad study abroad experience like I try to uh, 
I try to consider all the all different kinds of um, like international learning experiences just so um, I don't send the message that well if you already graduated then tough luck you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you can still have um, options um, but as far as how I find gets so the first when I first started out it was mostly people I already knew so there were people I knew from from school I went to Michigan State University by the way I don't know if if that needs to be mentioned if y'all were curious, but I went to Michigan State. So a lot of them are people I knew from Michigan State, um, people in my family. Like I actually, my first guest ever was my cousin. Um, <laughs> and I think I've, I've interviewed one other cousin and then one of my aunts as well. Um, and so, yeah, people in my family, people who are close friends, even some people that uh, I knew from like elementary school middle school high school that I still happen to be in contact with so uh, I really started with um like people already knew or people I already had access to and so I was just like uh I'm doing this thing or I have this idea would you be interested you know so um so mostly it's been like me reaching out to to other people um as time has gone on there have been uh times where People I've, like, past guests have been gracious enough to send people my way, which is really cool. Um, Or sometimes people will reach out to me out of the blue. Um, This year has been kind of uh, (laughs) challenging because I think this year, Uh 2020, is is the first year. I think, um, because I took a break and then I started back in January of this year. And so since then, this has been... Uh, the time where I'm, I've mostly interviewed people I don't already know or have a connection to, which is quite in- intimidating because um, even though I have a podcast, talking to people sometimes makes me really nervous, especially new people. Um, but uh-huh. uh, same, <laughs> same, 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 and I can yeah. talk, but I get nervous. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I think for that, again, there were, so far this year, a couple of people who reached out to me out of the blue, either because someone told them about the show or they somehow found it. Um, and some of them were people I reached out to, because I always try to like keep a list uh, of like, oh, who would I like to try and talk to in the future? So um, as far as um, Sutanya for, from Dinner for One and Paige, and Paige, Mariah, um, those two were like, Let's see. So Tanya, I randomly found her on Instagram and I was following her for a while. And then she was asking for recommendations for podcasts. And I was like, well, hey, I have a podcast. You might want to check it out. (laughs) That's that's it. (laughs) And she saw what it was about. And she was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I studied in Australia and that was a really great time. And I was like, okay, well, would you like to be a guest on my show? She was like, sure. So that's how that happened through Instagram. Um, Paige, Paige was just someone I like cold emailed out of the blue, <laughs> uh, cause I have watched her videos, I think since she moved to London, I've been a fan of hers. And, um, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to email her and see if she responds and hopefully it works out. But if not, you know, it's okay. Uh, that's kind of how I have to go. Uh, the mindset I have to have whenever I reach out to someone is that, you know, people might say no, and that's totally within their rights to do so. And it's fine. Um, but she actually responded back really quickly. And um, I think also with Paige, I don't know her directly, but one of my past guests who um, I also knew from undergrad is 
she lives in London now and is good friends with Paige. And it's actually been in some of Paige's videos. So I was like, okay, well, if I mention this, like, degree of separation we have, then maybe she'll, like, agree. So, um, so yeah, that's how right. that happened. So it really depends. It's mostly still me reaching out to people, but sometimes people come to me or past guests will refer people to me. Um, so, yeah, that's usually how that goes. Hopefully that, that wasn't too long-winded. <laughs> no, no, I think it's very interesting just because, like, I know people are like, oh, you find people who are not white that study abroad that's like what like five people i'm pretty sure somebody's out here thinking that and like um like Paige is so sweet like just like just the vibe i get from her like youtube channel she's very like you know i'm sure she's like a lot different like maybe off camera but like she's just mm-hmm. so like nice and like sweet yeah she is. <laughs> almost a little soft-spoken um so it was very interesting to hear like her um her like perspective and like her um like what she had to do to like get to school because i remember watching like her very not her very first video but i remember watching like i think when she got to london and she had to like walk (laughs) and she was like yeah i had to try to get in my room and like i'm missing a bunch of stuff because that one thing that like freaked me out when i was going to go overseas was trying to find the right plug Mm. converter Mm -hmm. Because I think that's something people also don't know is that they have way different plugs in most parts of the world. Um, the ones in like, is it Japan? One of the plugs is so weird. Mm. <laughs> it's very strange looking in cells. Like, oh, you have to have the right plug because if you get to one of these countries and you can't charge your <laughs> phone, girl, what are you going to do? <laughs> that's like my worst fear. And so, um, but yeah, her videos are super super interesting um but i was gonna ask too Mm -hmm. you mentioned japan which i didn't know that you went to japan i knew you went to Mm -hmm. paris so like what like did you have anything besides the language like did you have anything specific that you like were like were drawn to in these two places and also like what was your experience in both um okay so the so i had been studying French and Japanese for like a really long time. I still consider myself someone who's studying the languages. I feel like that never ends. Um, but uh, let's see. I think honestly for Japan and and France, and now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably really telling that we're talking about The Lion King today is my favorite movie because um, my interest in those languages started from cartoons, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when mm. I was in kindergarten, I watched Madeline. Um, and I also watched, well, anime came later. But and when I was in kindergarten, I start, or I watched Madeline and they had these funny accents. And I was like, oh, well, where are they from? And why, <laughs> why do they talk like that? And what's, what's Paris? Where is that? Where is France? Like, I was really <laughs> curious and interested. So I think I started, I think maybe second grade is when I started studying French. And I think high school is when I started having an interest in... Um, Japanese through anime, which is funnily, funnily enough, I can't actually watch anymore. Like, I, I, I can't sit through anime just because maybe it's my attention span or whatnot. But at the time, I was really into it. Um, so that's where it started. So, you know, so by the time I'd gotten to college, I'd, you know, it had been like maybe 10 years already. I had been studying French and like, uh, I'm trying to do math in my head. Maybe, well, 
uh, fewer years um, with Japanese, but I was still really interested in both. So that's why um, I wanted to go to France and to Japan. Um, why I went to Hikone specifically was really just because uh, Michigan State University has like a, like a, I don't know what you call it, like a, maybe a partner institution you could call it in Hikone, where they mm. send a lot of students there to learn about Japanese language and culture. Um, so, yeah, I didn't actually, now that I think about it, I didn't actually do a ton of research in terms of my options for Japan. I was just like, oh, they have this? Okay, I'll go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I went. And, um, yeah, it was really challenging at first just because I had never, I'd been to Canada. Because, um, again, I'm, I'm from Michigan. So I've been to Canada before, but I'd never been, like, overseas. And so, um I was really excited, but also really, uh, I guess, just afraid of the unknown, I guess. And well, what if, I know I've been studying, but what if I can't actually communicate with people and and all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> when you blank out, it's the freaking worst. Because I have not been studying French nearly as long as you have. I think I started studying French when I decided I wanted to go to Paris. Because I just, what was I, like a year and a mm-hmm. half before I just, before I went and I tried to order like food and I was like, girl, just do you want, (laughs) (laughs) I made sure to ask it in French, but I would like attempt and I was like, it's just, it, my listening comprehension is still very garbage, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I totally get that because yeah, it's just overwhelming. I think when you go to a new place and just like, uh, I don't know anything. And also, um, you know, the, the, the signs mm-hmm. aren't in English. <laughs> I don't really know anybody. Did you have like a, a group of you or was it just like um Yeah. Like Yeah, I was part there? of like a like whatever I don't know what you call it. Like their summer cohort during that year. Um mm. so I would say maybe were most of the students from MSU? Cause other the the, the institute there is for like Michigan, it's called the Japan Center for Michigan University. So a whole bunch of different universities from Michigan send students there. But I feel like a lot of them were from my university, and I knew a few of them already. Um, Yeah, so I did know a few people. Um, But, yeah, I guess it was just a mixture of, like, having this dream come true. Like, oh, I finally get to, like, travel overseas and go to Japan. This is fantastic. But also, like terror of okay what when I get there what am I gonna do like (laughs) so um yeah but it turned out it turned out great um yeah I'm trying to remember I remember some things didn't go to plan because I wanted to do homestay but because of the level that I was in and how much work it entailed it just ended up not working out um but other than that yeah it was fine like I made friends with the the other students who were there, um, Hikone is very charming, and it's like right on the there's like a a lake um, that that the city sits on, Lake Biwa, which is like the biggest lake in Japan. Um, so yeah, it was really beautiful, like naturally beautiful, and got to meet really nice people. And I I feel like my Japanese improved a lot during that time. And yeah, I think there was that uh, adjustment period where. I felt like I was being stared at all the time. I wasn't the only black person there, but um, I think I was the only black girl, if I remember. Mm. 
um, at least in our cohort. I don't know about the entire town, but, you know, there weren't a whole lot of us, basically. Mm. So I had to get used to being stared at a lot. But uh, once I got used to that or just got over that, then it was it was fine. And um, like you said, being in a new place has its challenges, but it was it was all right. Uh, as far as Paris goes, again, that was another thing where it's just like, uh, I just looked at the programs that my university had available. Um, so I just went with the one that looked most appealing to me. So I ended up going there and doing like studying, but also doing an internship and doing a homestay. Um, excuse me. And yeah, I, it's funny that you mentioned blanking. I remember that there was a time where I went to whatever that famous macaroon shop is. La Durée or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was like in line. So I had plenty of time to pick what I wanted. And then once I got, it was my turn to order. The guy asked me like, have you made your choice? But he said it in French. And like, I understood what he was saying, but something in my brain was just not working. And like the words could not come <laughs> out. So I just, and then yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I forgot what I said at that point, but it was just like, I don't know. At that time, I was like, man, like, I'm here. I'm speaking French all the time. I'm living with French people. And I can't even answer a simple question. Like, what was that about? You know? <laughs> like, my brain just froze, even though I understood what he was saying. Um, but no, that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was good, too. Because my home, fa- home state, like, my host family was really great. Um, I didn't really like my boss that much during my internship, (laughs) but that's something I had realized in hindsight. I think at the time I was just there trying to make the best of everything. And then afterward, it's like, oh, he was like kind of not great all the time. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. But my fellow interns were cool. I was only American there, so they thought I was very, like, amusing. Um, (laughs) But they were were cool. And, (laughs) yeah, being in Paris is nice. Paris is... I'm not the type of person to be like, I try not to romanticize places too much, uh, especially not Paris. Mm -hmm. So I I didn't come away thinking, oh, I love the city and I want to come back and live here. And this is, this is the life for me. And like, I just didn't feel that way. (laughs) Like I did appreciate that experience. And um, I have always wanted to go back to Japan and France, but for various reasons have not yet. um, Although I definitely will. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think overall I had very positive experiences in both countries, even though, you know, there were challenges. But overall, I, I, I remember those times very fondly. So, yeah. 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 It's funny that you mentioned romanticizing because people, I saw so much, like, the, I guess, like, there's a few people I follow on Twitter that have been overseas and they're just like, Paris sucks. The food is gross. The people yeah. are rude. And, like, I was just like, okay, let me just, like, I want to go here, right? But I'm going to, because I was more, like, I just want to see it, and I just want to, like, experience it. I wasn't really going there to, like, necessarily see, like, mm-hmm. the Eiffel Tower. Like, that was, like, I, I saw the actual, like, the shitty side of the Eiffel Tower because I was on the wrong mm. side, like, really by the fence. <laughs> But I'm so tired, and then, like, when I see pictures of the Eiffel Tower on the other side with, like, that big, long, 
I don't know, like walkway. And I'm like, damn, what was I doing? But I was also like exhausted. I've been walking around like nonstop for hours, like every single day. So I was like, you know what? I saw it. It's fine. And so like I do try to tell people like it's a city. Like think of like New York as a city Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, it's nice, but also grimy. Like, I mean, the subway corners. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) They do. Um, (laughs) You know, people are all out. The whole thing about, um, like, um, I don't know, like, pickpockets and stuff. That panicked the first time because I got up there with my, like, my suitcase and my, like, bag. And, like, I had, um, I forgot. I had, like, two bags. I had, like, my backpack and then I had also my purse. Mm -hmm. I put my purse in my backpack and then I had my backpack on. But I was like, okay, don't get too close to anybody. Because, like, you know, you just didn't know. Because it was a very crowded train. I guess I got on, like, towards the end of the day. And... I don't know. I didn't want to like, I, I kind of didn't let those comments deter me, but also I didn't, um, didn't over romanticize the city. Like it was just going to be the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also didn't have as many issues as many other people. Cause yeah. like I found some bomb food and also, um, uh, I only had like one person yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have told this story before, which is like, I, like there was a bathroom attendant in Versailles uh, that yelled. She yelled at all of us, but I feel like she was yelling at me because we were both black. Oh, okay. And we were only two black people in the room. And I was like, listen, lady, I don't, I heard like one word. <laughs> <laughs> I heard like one word and everything else. I was like, it just glossed over me. I'm sorry. So, um, but I feel like people are pretty chill. Like as long as you say something in French to them first, like they're real chill about mm-hmm. that. Because I'd be like, um... You know, like, do you understand English? But I would say it in French. And they'd be like, oh, like, everybody would say, like, oh, a little bit, right? And then you'd be like, okay, we're going <laughs> to, like, we're going to work this yeah. out. <laughs> and uh, people are really chill. Like, my freaking metro ticket didn't work one time. And I was like, ah. And she was like, okay, okay, yeah, it's fine. And then I had to go to the pharmacist one point because all that walking, I'm very out of shape. Uh-huh. Um, my, my ankles were shredded. Because um, I was going to ask you, where did you stay? Um, I stayed in um, the 8th arrondissement, which is, um, I don't know if you've heard of a place called Place de Clichy, um, but that was my neighborhood that I was in. Um, it's not really close to anything like... I guess maybe it's not too far from Moulin Rouge, but I never went that in that direction, so I don't know. Anyway, that's where I was. Um, that's where my host family's apartment was. And then, like, internship was in the neighboring um, arrondissement, I think the 17th. So the 8th and the 17th were where I spent most of my time. Yeah. Right. I was um, in Montmartre. And oh, that's nice. I didn't it was very nice. I stayed like in an Airbnb, but I, nobody tells you how hilly France is mm-hmm. uh, in, in general. <laughs> and I was like, what is this girl? Like, <laughs> I would take pictures of the stairs for like uh, Brittany and like our friend Davalin. And I'm like, listen, y'all, I am dying. <laughs> there's some steep stairs, man. Yeah. There's some very steep stairs. And I'm like, my. My Airbnb host was like, is she okay? Because <laughs> I got to the door and I was Aww. still like. But <gasps> <gasps> you survived. You made it. I did survive. <laughs> I saw like an old man walking down the stairs in a cane. Like with a cane. And I was like, oh, you got to toughen up. This is ridiculous. 
this is ridiculous because <laughs> he's walking around all jolly and stuff and you over here like you know about to drop dead mm-hmm. but <laughs> it was a really nice it was a really nice time i, d- I definitely want to go back um i'm glad you had a good time yeah yeah it was it was i feel like i didn't see enough of the city because um i feel like i did get kind of like cold feet one day like after being there like two days i just felt like I was like, I can't speak French to anyone. Mm. <laughs> and then I really wanted a croissant. <laughs> and I was like, Ashley, just go to the, to just go over there. Because there's a, um, a boulangerie, mm-hmm. like, down the block. Not even really down the block. Like, maybe, like, on the next kind of corner from where my airbnb was and i'd already been there like twice (laughs) so i was like okay you've been in here before like it's gonna be fine girl but some reason i was like in like my room in the airbnb like you're not gonna be able to say anything (laughs) and i was getting so frustrated and i had to like hype myself up and be like you'll never see these people again most likely right right exactly get your croissant croissant. i got i got the dang croissants and um what are those um the beignets and the mini beignets those things hit man Mm. Those things are so good. I don't know what people are talking about. That French food is nasty. I mean, this is like traditional French food, but like, I mean, I had some duck there that was really good. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. But um, so yeah, Brittany, did we lose you? No, I'm here. I'm about to say, I don't I'm know. listening. Like, I'm like, dang, I want to go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> that was on my list. <laughs> So I was going to ask, too, Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned, like, the whole, like, being stared at and all that. And I know that's something that deters people from traveling, amongst other things. But Mm -hmm. some people will be like, well, I'm not going to pay a bunch of money just to be stared at and all that stuff. And it's very interesting because people, I'm sure people think of Paris and France in general as a very, like, white country. But it's actually, like a lot of black people like when i first got off the train mm-hmm. i was in well, oh, i don't know how to is it the goo the good door it's sort of like um mm. it's like an outdoor market i think and there's like a lot of like um i think the neighborhood is like a mostly black neighborhood or african neighborhood mm. um so I was over there. So like when I got off the train and like headed up the stairs, I was like, oh, shoot, this is like very familiar because I'm pretty sure I saw like a braiding shop and like yeah. some other stuff. And I was like, oh, OK, we chill, we chill, we chill. But I feel like some people would be very um, like, oh, I don't want to go there because like, you know. So I wonder if you had any sort of maybe advice or like any suggestions for people who kind of want to travel but are like nervous about it Mm -hmm. in that sense yeah hmm okay oh man i just got nervous because i'm not used to giving people (laughs) advice so um (laughs) or i mean you can kind of talk to like like i mean obviously you know being a black woman anywhere is kind of yeah high stress situation (laughs) but like for me i didn't really feel like like i didn't i never felt like like, people were kind of like, ew, like, who's that girl or whatever. But also, I was kind of in my own world mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So, yeah. maybe that's how I survived it. But I know yeah. some other people would be. Because 
randomly enough, the one like really good resource I had was Reddit, which is like, you know, oh, counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. Because there is a is a solo travel um a solo travel subreddit. Mm-hmm. I think it's just called our sub tra- or our solo travel. And some of it was kind of like, you know, typical like I went here and I went, you know, I went to Thailand on $100 and I rented this bike and I crashed and blah, like, you know, that mm-hmm. stuff. But then there's other people like, oh, how was your experience in like somewhere like Eastern Europe or in Germany or in, you know, um, in China or somewhere like that. So, I mean, I feel bad because it's like the one thing that deter like it's a big thing that deters people, mm-hmm. but it's also, um, it makes me feel bad because... There's so much people are missing out on, I feel like, mm-hmm. just for that. But then you also don't want people to, like, put themselves in a situation that they feel, like, uncomfortable or unsafe Right, in. right. So, yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. So I would say, I think if you can manage to go with other people, that can help. Um, just to have that sense of familiarity. Um mm-hmm. I think, hmm, let's see, I'm trying to remember how I felt when I was in Japan and being stared at. I think, for me, the reason why I was there and what I was trying to get out of it meant more to me than anything else. So since Mm -hmm. that was, like, my main priority or focus, that kind of helped me get over um, feeling, like, the odd one out or feeling like a maybe like a zoo attraction sometimes oh no um well no just like i don't know i just don't like being stared at it's very off-putting you yeah know? it's yeah. <laughs> i had a co-worker who went to japan to like visit a friend of his and he's black and he was like yeah people kept like like looking at us like we were supposed to be like somebody famous yeah she was he was like it was very odd i mean he's like i was just there to buy shoes like <laughs> i yeah. didn't want i didn't want any stares or anything but yeah, he had people to, like, hang out with, which is, I think, was the very opposite of me because I, I didn't have, like, really anybody. Yeah. Which I made that choice, but, yeah, yeah it, that's kind of hard. Yeah, so I think if you can go with people, and even just a few, because personally, like, I'm not, uh, I'm not so bold as of a person that I am, like, eager to, like, jet set around the world by myself. Um, Mm -hmm. but I also have not, I don't have a history of really enjoying group trips that much. So even if it's just like a handful of other people that can help, I would also say don't underestimate your ability to adapt because I thought, I remember when I was in Japan and at first I realized or noticed people staring at me or like, uh, making like... (laughs) comments or whatever i was just like oh does that mean i shouldn't be here like should i am i not supposed to be here was this a mistake coming here but then i think maybe it probably didn't take me any more than like two weeks where it's just like uh whatever like <laughs> right I'm not yeah you're just like i'm people. here to do what i gotta do yeah. and you know yeah um oops oh well <laughs> right and i think also if, if I guess depending on what your your goals are, um, what time you have, like what your itinerary is, you know, if you want to uh, look out for or like 
like find or reach out to other people who look like you or other black people who happen to be studying there as well or living there as well. You know, that's something that um, can help. Um, yeah, I, I like as you mentioned, uh, I wouldn't want to encourage someone to force themselves to go through a situation where they feel unsafe or they can't enjoy their experience. Um, but I also, I don't know, I guess you, you do have to know your limits. Um, but I think it's good to really, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, keep in mind why you're going to this place and what you're trying to get out of that experience and, and decide for yourself if that's enough to, to like stay there, keep going. Um, even if you deal with, if you happen to deal with difficulties because of what you look like or where you come from. So I guess that's what I would say. I don't know how hopeful that is, but that's, that's what yeah, I got to say. I think that's kind of like what you have to do is kind of assess, um, I guess like, like you said, what your limits are. Mm-hmm. Um, because I went to London first and then hopped the train to, Paris and I feel like if I had gone to Paris first I probably would have like lost my mind because <laughs> I was just like overwhelmed and like going to London made it slightly easier because I was like okay you know it's mostly in English um, but then also it's still different mm-hmm. so that kind of helped um, like getting there and it was like way chill I feel like well, I got there early in the morning too I got there like 9am mm-hmm. so it was like very calm at first and then like it got like you know hectic during like you know rush hour and stuff um but yeah i mean i do definitely want to see more like black people travel and like be able to get out and get those same experiences because i don't feel like it's only for like a certain group of people only a certain type of people Mm -hmm. should be able to like experience the world like I mean, we live here, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're all on here together. So (laughs) I also would like to see some of the planet (laughs) before it turns into Venus. So, like, please. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess let's transition into, like, movies. I know, Brittany, you have a customary question. So one of my favorite questions to ask, like, our guests um, you are our second guest that we've had on the show. I don't really count Davlin as a guest. She's like the third member of <laughs> Black Girl Film Club. Um, so my, one of my favorite questions would be like, are back when they were open, um, are you more of a like movie theater person or are you more of like a home viewer? Um, like, do you like for movies to be released at the house? I'm definitely or do you more like to of a home sit in the theater. I'm definitely more of a home viewer. I think going to the movies was something I did a lot when I was younger, like especially middle school and high school. Like that was a bonding experience with between me and my mom. But I think it just costs so much money and I am a cheap person. I am. And so um and honestly there there is there doesn't usually tend to be um, a movie that comes out that I am willing to go to the theaters for. Um, mm. It has to be something that like I'm really interested in. So I think the last movie I actually went to the theaters to see was The Photograph. That was back in like February, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Same so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, you know, last wow. year I, I saw Us and I saw Queen and Slim. And I don't remember if I had seen anything else. So most movies that I do happen to see, it's either like usually Netflix or Prime. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm not I'm not that much of a movie goer, even though I used to be when I was when I was younger. Okay, and since you are like a home viewer, what you can bring whatever you want to the movies that you watch. Mm-hmm. So, what are your favorite kind of snacks <laughs> for the home viewings? It's important. It's a really important question, actually. Oh, man. I've never thought about this. Okay, so definitely a cup of green tea. I drink that all the time. And then, I don't know, I feel like I have snack phases. So I think currently I would say a bag of, like, Terra chips. I don't know if y'all have had those before. Uh, I feel like I've heard of this before, but I don't know. Let me let me let me do some Google. They, they're like Terra chips are like um, like like the sweet potato. Yeah, like, they're like root vegetables and different types of potatoes. Um, they slap. Yeah, they good. Like oh yeah, I forgot. Brittany is 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 vegetable gang. Oh, okay, so you know <laughs> you know about those. <laughs> oh, I think I have seen these before. Like this feels like this is like at um. Like Whole Foods, I think I probably walked by these. Yeah, I think I first saw them at Costco or something. I was like, huh, let me try these. And then I, it started a very, anyhow, I go through these like craving phases <laughs> where I can't eat anything else. Right. Like, this is all I want in my life and I want more of it now. So yeah, it would be some of those because it's got like the sweet potato and then it's got like the the like the parsnip or the parsnip parsnip I don't know and then like taro and like all this other stuff in there it's really good anyway so it would probably just be some green tea and some taro chips maybe um no I guess that's that that would be pretty much it I'm trying to think yeah that's 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 like the the wave that I'm on currently. <laughs> <laughs> That actually sounds like really good movie snacks because it sounds like what I would currently and what I am currently bringing to the movies <laughs> at the house. From one room to the other. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so our movie um, this week is The Lion King. And you chose the movie that we um, are talking about, Danielle. Um, because it's your favorite movie, yes. and you mentioned it a little earlier. And what we would like to know is, like, what makes this your favorite movie? Oh my goodness, I've been thinking about how I'm gonna answer this question for like the past month and a half. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it means so much to me. Okay, I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna figure out where to start, and I'm gonna try not to be too long winded. So, The Lion King. Oh my gosh, so the I. I enjoy singing. Singing is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> and I think <laughs> The Lion King. <laughs> Why is that funny? Brittany's always talking about she don't like music and movies and stuff. Because she's oh. a hater. But, you know, we move. We move. <laughs> um, I, I remember The Lion King being one of, 
if not the earliest memory, then one of my earliest memories of really enjoying performance and engaging with music and feeling, uh, having like the joy and, and the humor and like the playfulness and the, and the, 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 the emotion of what I was watching resonate with me. Uh, I remember when I was in preschool, I would get in trouble for getting up and dancing to <laughs> The Lion King during movie time, and, you know, blocking other kids' view. Um, I had Lion King bed, bed sheets. I think I still have those pillowcases. I don't have the rest of it anymore. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I just always loved that movie. I saw Lion King 2, which wasn't as good, but does have one song that I think is on par with the, the first movie. Um, and Lion King one and a half, which also wasn't very good. But um, <laughs> so yeah, that was a big part of my childhood. I'm trying to think high school, I went to New York with my um, I was in theater. So the theater club took a trip to New York. And I saw the Lion King on Broadway. That was my first time seeing a show on Broadway. And I remember just weeping during the opening sequence. Because um, <laughs> I don't know if you've been, but like, you know, the Circle of Life, they have um, they have the animals enter in from the back of the room. They start coming from the back and then walk up to the stage. So I'm just seeing all these like magnificent creatures going by me. And I'm seeing this play version of this movie that means so much to me and I was just weeping and it was just oh it was it was such a great moment um and then um yeah and then of course you know when the when Lion King the 2019 version came out the quote-unquote live action version which is really just a different style of animation but you know whatever it came out last year right I um I was looking forward to it because I remember they dropped the trailer for it um, on Thanksgiving Day of 2018, I remember. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Like, I have something to, to look forward to already for 2019. Like, I'm so excited. And, you know, I wasn't under any illusion that Disney actually cared about me and letting me, like, relive the joy from the previous movie. Like, I was not under that impression at all. But I was still excited about it. And by the time it came out in July, I had already been um, primed with like past disappointments of like movies or TV shows that I was looking forward to, but didn't turn out to be that good. Uh, shout out to Game of Thrones, shout out to Black Mirror, whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in and just accept it as it is. And um, yeah, it just kinda, anyhow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the of, correct, that's the it correct. It felt feeling. kind of soulless, like it was beautiful, but it just didn't, it felt kind of soulless. And I think, I think part of the reason why I love The Lion King, I also forgot to mention that there was a period earlier in my 20s where I would watch The Lion King every year on my birthday, like this movie was like very important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think oh. because I'm a 90s baby, that movie has followed me my entire life. I've basically always been the target demographic for that movie and whatever the various different forms that franchise has taken. And I think with the 2019 version, that was the first time where I was like, I kind of felt like, um, like 
uh, a pawn almost. Like I had fallen for the trap or fallen for like the trick of, you know, how franchises work. And it didn't really feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, um, I was glad I went to see it. I, and, but I will say, out of all that, I, um, you know, we got the gift album from Beyonce, and I thought that was phenomenal. So I couldn't even be that mad during that time because it was like, well, at least I got all this like music out of it that's inspired by the film, and that is allowing me to enjoy this story in a new way. But um, yeah, Lion King has just always meant a lot to me. It's always been part of my memories. I don't remember going to see it. Apparently my mom said they took me, but I was only like, I wasn't even two years old by that time, so I would say I don't remember it. Mm. But it's just always been a part of my life and a part of, um, again, my enjoyment for music and for performance. And I think it's a beautiful story and it's it looks beautiful. And yeah, that's that's why it's my favorite. <laughs> that's so interesting that you say that because I remember like you had gone to see it, but you were so young that you don't remember seeing it. And like mm-hmm. I remember... I never went to go see this movie in theaters. I could count maybe on one hand how many movies I went to go see, Um, Mm. like, in the theater. Because I live with my grandparents, so they weren't going to be doing all that. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) but I remember somebody bought me The Lion King on VHS. And, girl, (laughs) the fact that that VHS is still intact and Mm -hmm. is somewhere in storage somewhere is, like, a miracle. (laughs) Because I remember... Like, just watching it, like, on a loop. And I know my grandpa was probably like, what's wrong with this child? (laughs) (laughs) I stayed watching it. I watched, like, that. I watched Aladdin. I watched Pocahontas, which I actually did break that tape. Like, it stopped working. Um, Mm. And then I would watch maybe, like, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I think those were on, like, some sort of weird, unholy... (laughs) Never-ending loop, because I also wasn't allowed to watch TV during the week. Um, oh, okay. So once like Friday night hit, I was like, give me the TV. So like, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I just demolished that freaking VHS. <laughs> um, and I too felt very like, I mean, what was the first remake? Like the first Disney remake? Was that like the Jungle Book? Is that the one? It might have been. I, I think feel like so. the it might have been. Yeah, I feel like it did so well that they were like, "Well, shoot, let's just take it, <laughs> like just, just do them all. Why yeah. not?" I mean, there's also like Alice in Wonderland, but I feel like that's doesn't really count because that went some places. That I was like, "This is well, this is Tim Burton for you." So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but like, I feel like remaking like their later like Disney Renaissance films. Um, once I realized they were going to start doing them all, and I was like, oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. also, too, Beating the Bees, which you forgot, I forgot that one, but I'd purposely be forgetting that one. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the original Beating the Bees, and I definitely don't like the follow-up, even though I like Dan Stevens. Um, mm. But, yeah, that that whole... That was such a magical time, honestly, because I know Brittany has her favorite Disney Renaissance movie, I have mine, which is Aladdin. I do. Brittany is um, a Little Mermaid girl. Why are you telling them? Because you know it's the truth. <laughs> I am. And like, Danielle, hearing you tell your story about the Lion King, I'm going to put my business out there. 
on the street. Okay. But like that is my connection to the the little mermaid. Mm. Like me being a liar and saying that I hate musicals. <laughs> I know. That's the other thing too. You 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 be out here. She says she don't watch movies. Um but I, I love The Little Mermaid. Like it's one of my favorite movies ever. And I've seen it countless times. And like a lot of it does not really track well. Um, but it's I can watch it at any moment. I've have it on VHS, DVD, special edition DVD, Blu-ray, Diamond Princess edition, <laughs> you know, everything. So it's my favorite yeah. movie. It's part of my DNA. It's part of who yeah. I am. I'm part of that <laughs> world. You, know. you are too much. <laughs> Mess. So, like, I love how you, because I have a bunch of those versions too. I think I have, um, what were the ones that they put out? Like, maybe like in the early two thousands when they put out like the the double disc edition, like the platinum. Yeah, edition. I have the Lion King platinum edition, and I also have the special edition of. I'm pretty sure I have um, some edition of the Little Mermaid. I don't remember. I think somebody bought it for me on VHS. And then um, I definitely had um, Aladdin because that was my that was my girl. Jasmine was my girl. I also feel like those are like the sequels are probably the only good sequels that like Disney has ever made because the rest of these <laughs> that Little Mermaid sequel, child, and that Lion King sequel. We I've seen I it one time. Me and my best friend. We're still friends. We've been friends since we were 11 years old. We bonded over loving The Little Mermaid, Manny Ramirez, who was a, a baseball player, and The Rock. Um, that's how we became friends. We were at her house, and I was like, let's watch this movie. Because she had like um, Little Mermaid 2, and she put it on, and I was like, okay, cool. Like I've never seen it. And we were halfway through it, and it was so bad. I was like... Can it's you please just, turn oh, it off? No. Is it a, is it okay to just turn it, it off? Disney. I feel like because the Disney the Disney Renaissance era is like unmatched. You know, like it was just mm-hmm. like hit for hit for hit. After that terrible time they had in the seventies and that horrible time they got beat down in the eighties by Don Bluth and all them productions <laughs> and like. Mm-hmm. You know, once you get the freaking, like, Little Mermaid, I think, like, once you had, like, the, the Beauty and the Beast, because, I mean, I hate that movie, but, like, it slaps, like, it's a good movie, but, um, yeah, like, 10 straight years of magic. Hmm. Quality content. It's some, you know, the Great Mouse you Detective. Know what? We will not forget it's something there. Baker Street. I'll give him that in Radigan. <laughs> but um yeah i think like that was because i also lived in florida at this time so like disney was like super like everywhere all the time even though it's like mostly a tourist Mm -hmm. thing but like i mean i could drive like three hours or like (laughs) my grandma could drive three hours and take us to disney world and like that was you know most people couldn't really say that most people are like oh i've never been to disney world and i probably never will which i have been there countless of times so like I felt like everything that Disney 
had made around that time was just like it just spoke to me <laughs> it just mm-hmm. like was filtering in i was like taking in like a sponge and i definitely wanted to be like an illustrator like a painter when i was younger um and so i would like look at disney movies specifically for like a lot of my drawing style back then was like informed by mm-hmm. how like the disney princesses were drawn which of course now people are like well, they're drawn so incorrectly. But, like, at the time, it was just like, this is everything. This is everything. <laughs> and, like, it's a very interesting, I guess, point in, like, movie history. Because also, I think when we first started talking about, when we first started the podcast, that was, like, my thing. Because Brittany was like, yeah, I like all these crazy movies and stuff. And I was just like, I only watched Disney movies until I was, like, 11 or 12. <laughs> and then one day I was like, this is not for me anymore. I'm too old for this. Like, I just, mm. I've, I've seen this too many times. But, I mean, The Lion King is still, like, it's a hit. Because I watched it, I think I watched it on Friday, last Friday. And I was sitting there mm. and I was like, oh, I got chills. <laughs> this from the circle of life i was like ooh, yeah ooh, it's still good it's still it still hits <laughs> yeah um i mean i don't know if we need to talk about the synopsis because like where y'all been if you don't know about the lion king <laughs> but i guess like to keep it like you know some semblance of structure <laughs> so the lion king for those of you who don't know maybe you um, have never seen it you know uh, you know, you need to get on that immediately. Basically, The Lion King is about a group of lions um, out in the Serengeti. Uh, a, I think it's a pride of lions. That's what they're called. And mm-hmm. they, um, there's like a power struggle happening because there is a young uh, lion born named Simba who is basically meant to inherit this, um, inherit the leadership of the pride and... And his uncle, named Scar, uses him as a pawn to um, commit a horrible, horrible crime, a crime of betrayal. And Simba is banished, and he kind of has to learn how to, you know, assume his rightful place as king of the Pride Lands. Uh, He also has to kind of learn about the circle of life and how everything is in balance. Um, which I think is the, you know, the animal kingdom is definitely the best place to see that, but it's a very interesting story. It's kind of, um, like, I feel like as I've gotten older, I realize how biblical, biblical it is. Oh yes. It's very biblical. Yes. And it's also, I've heard for a long time that it's kind of sort of inspired by Hamlet, which is also like a banger, um, in my personal opinion. That too. Um, that's my mm. favorite thing that I was forced to, <laughs> forced to read in high school and um and yeah i mean it's a pretty well done story i know some people have like i I don't know if this is like real outrage or like you know but some people are like ugh, like lions like we had to do lions in africa but also i feel like it's like one of the best ways especially for kids i was watching this and i was like how the heck was i not like freaking terrified I was like, there's murder, there's betrayal, (laughs) starvation, like, you know, like, fascist imagery. (laughs) I was like, like, this would be a lot for, like, a six-year-old. 
And my little self was just like, hell yeah, I want to watch this every single, <laughs> every single day, <laughs> as much as I can like possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, like it's pretty much diffused its way into the culture. You got like, of course, you have the sequels, which you know we've said are not that great. But then you also have the Broadway, uh, Broadway play, or is it Broadway musical? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have that. Um, of course, they redid it with Beyonce. I think they did that. You know what? If they hadn't done Beyonce, I think like people would have been like, all right, that's cute. <laughs> but I knew what they were doing when they hired Miss Carter, Mrs. Carter, because, mm. yeah, um, of course, you got, you know, the album and then you got Black is King. So, like, it, it, the story, I think, is very universal, which I think is why it, it, has continued. It's also very tragic. Um, you got some ve- great voice talents because, like, number one, you have James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, yes. I when you yeah. there's a part in the movie where he like is yelling at Simba, and I was like, can you imagine being yelled at by, by freaking James Earl Jones? Right. Like, I feel literally like, disobeyed me. I was yeah. Like, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they knew what they were doing too with all that alliteration in there because I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is why I remember so much of this movie because. You know, there is parts. I was like, okay, okay, I'm getting the rhythm of it. But then you don't really know, like, as a kid, like, things kind of hit you over the head way later. And that's exactly what happened when I watched this. Because I feel like it's been, I feel like it's been, I don't know how long it had been since I'd watched this. But I remembered every word. And that's what made watching the live action version so freaking painful is because I'm like okay this is how it's supposed to happen and you're not doing it right (laughs) (laughs) I was like do you know you're not doing this right like this is supposed to happen they took out some of the cute parts like um didn't they take out the part where like Nala was getting like uh her little bath time like they oh, I did, don't remember. They did some of it, but I don't think they did the cute part where, like, her mom was, like, licking her butt. <laughs> and I thought it was just adorable. And, um, and yeah, so that's what kind of made it kind of, like, a little bit challenging. Also, I was like, okay, there's no JTT. Like, ugh, what am I supposed to No Jason Weaver on, on mm-hmm. vocals. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, to, shout out to young Jason Weaver for caring yeah, shout out to him. Carrying that vocally. Um, but yeah, I mean, who else is in this movie? I feel like... Oh, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg, of course. And then... Nathan <laughs> Lane. Uh, I... We had a moment earlier today. Learned oh. something today. <laughs> Just moments before we... Like we're set to record. I learned that Zazu is voiced by Mr. Bean Roland yeah. Atkinson. I didn't <laughs> know that all these years. And I had never heard Mr. Bean speak, <laughs> even though I have seen movies where he has spoken. And like Scooby Doo 2003 or whatever. Room. And I was like, what is going on? Um, and it was kind of shocking for me. She had a moment because she told me her brain broke. 
I was like, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. Like, did you know this? I knew. And Ashley said not yes. Like, it's not like something I think about like every day. <laughs> so I was like, she was like, did you know that Rowan Atkinson was Zazu? And I was like, yeah. I mean, like, it's not something I think about the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just used to, like, the, you know, the face stuff and the <laughs> kind of stuff. Like, oh not, oh my God. Uh, not like, uh, you know, like, I, the, the, like, the whole thing. You know I forgot that. Like, not words, not songs, not, you know, giving the morning mm-hmm. reports, yeah. you know. I didn't know that Cheech was in here too. I, I learned something that. today. I oh, expanded course. my and mind. Who, um, 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 oh, what is his name? Oh, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> that always throws me too. I always keep thinking it's Tate Donovan, but Tate Donovan I is Hercules. Kind of sound very so. Similar. I feel like all the Disney princes yes. sound pretty close to one another. And Steve from Full House is Prince Eric. <laughs> You, you knew that off the top. <laughs> I do. Off the the top. only person I know yeah. off the top is is Tony Goldwyn from Tarzan. I remember when I heard that and I was like, oh, I don't. That was after Scandal and I was like, oh. Excuse wait, what? Okay, my mind wait, just no, got no, no, again. no. You can't just what? drop it and wait. What? Yes. Wait, Tarzan what? as in the legend of Tarzan. Well, I don't think it's called the legend of Tarzan. But yes, Tarzan it- is played by... Tony Goldwyn. You are so lying known as to Fitz. Me. Hold up. Hold up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you expanded minds tonight. Third eye is open. I don't even watch Scandal, but I know Fitz because, you know, Scandal is a phenomenon. And he's also on Lovecraft Country. If y'all yeah. watch that or maybe don't, it's a great yes. show. Yes. Um, we do. His appearance kind of unsettled me, but it was mostly because he was Fitz, not because of mm-hmm. what he was doing. I was yeah. just like, but, dang it, uh, get away. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh my yeah. goodness. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, I don't know if y'all, if you were going to say this, but the the voice of Sarabi is the mom from Coming to America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I wish she had, like, done... Because you know what, too? That was getting people tripped up because, like, it wasn't Alfre Woodard, the uh, Sarabi in the... Remake? Yes. Mm-hmm. But she, like, barely had any lines, because I was like, you know, Sarabi barely spoke in the first movie, and so I was like, I wouldn't go see it for for Alfie Woodard for her, you know, two minutes of, of vocals that probably took her all of an hour to record and collected that check. Like, <laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, Oh, also there's Robert um, Guillaume. He played mm, yeah. Rafiki, which I was like, now what? What was the what was the casting call like when you're like, oh, we want you, the great Robert Guillaume, to play this monkey <laughs> that runs around, and you don't really have a lot to say, but you know what? He took it. He made it. He did make it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean. This is pretty much like a, a star-studded movie. Um, I also feel like 
this movie, because there's so many, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. And I remember on the VHS, they would show, like, oh, we brought in real lions. And people like, she sketched them, which I don't know if that happens in animation studios anymore. Um, I feel like they'd just be like, hey, go on Google and figure <laughs> out what a lion kind of looks like. Um, so, uh, so on my DVD, I watched a couple of the behind-the-scenes features, behind features, but they got, like, kind of real white. So I was like, Julio, I love you. There were people talking about, like, they went to Africa, um, which is an expensive venture in 2020. So I don't know how much it was back in, like, 1991 they went. So they already started, like, doing, like, the character exploration. They, like, went around, um, went around the Serengeti. I don't, I think they went to Kenya. And they got to go and, like, actually see, like, the animals up close. And they got a lot of, like, inspiration um, which I think helps because, like, I feel like the animation just makes it more than the live action. Mm-hmm. I feel like the live action, the live action is giving me Chuck E. Cheese. It's giving oh, me my Hip Hop Harry. Oh, wow. <laughs> giving me. That is what took me, like, that's why I never wanted to see the live action one. Um, because the animation in the original is so bright, Mm -hmm. it's so colorful, it's so full of life, and you just can't get that with photorealistic Mm -hmm. lions. Like, you can't get those splashes of color, you can't get, like, the, um, giraffes, like, stretching their necks up to do the things that they're doing for the song and dance numbers. Like you just can't get that because they're supposed to be mm-hmm. real animals. But even if you look at so real like, pictures of lions, like I'm like, Daniel, don't look that, that beige or like, I was very, very confused. Cause I was like, y'all just like kind of sucked all the joy out of it. I was like, I mean, lions are kind of goldish. Like at least make them a little gold for, um, I forget which lion. Maybe it was like adult Nala. I was like, she looks so. I mean, she was going through uh, hardships. Oh no. Scar looks really dusty. I, I have to admit. I have to admit, Scar did not look really good. Um, no. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know he's supposed to look like he'd been through hell, but like. I mean, he looked it. He, he did. did. I was like, y'all might want to just set him on his way because <laughs> this is not. And also, like, um,. Oh, his voice actor. I always forget his name. Chiwetel? Jeremy yeah. Irons? Yeah. I was like, you know what? Not to like com- like compare too much, but we've already been comparing. But like, I'm sorry. You're not going to get... Like, that's Jeremy Irons. Like, that's a voice. Like, that's a that's a voice that kind of demands some presence. And Chiwetel is kind of giving me a little bit too much, too much soft. I guess yeah. it's supposed to be more like sinister and like sneaky but i was like as soon as he started talking i was like no (laughs) everything is wrong (laughs) yeah i do think when he was doing because he like recited be prepared instead of singing be prepared (gasps) yeah but i think toward the end when he was like getting really emotional and like shouting i actually really felt that like oh like this is really like a kind of a tortured soul who's about to be on the warpath. So I didn't think that was too bad. But no, I, I feel you. I didn't really, like, Jeremy Irons really owned that role. I don't think anyone else can really match up. They can do their own version, but, you know, like you said, it's not going to be the same. 
Right. Um, yeah, I think it's also like muscle memory where you're just kind of like, I I know what's about to be said and then things are not said the way they were supposed to be said. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait, no, you did it wrong. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then also with the voices, I'm like, everything is just not jumbling the way and like usually i mean like we've watched remakes i don't know if we've watched remakes on this show but like i mean there's so many remakes out there that you know obviously i've seen my share and i don't think i've ever had that reaction i'm like oh no you're doing it wrong (laughs) (laughs) go back in this booth and do it over i mean it's funny too because like the the voice actors that they picked for like this new version i think Mm -hmm. they were super spot on like, when I looked at him, I was like, okay. I mean, I could definitely see Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner as, like, Pumbaa and Timon. Like, that makes total sense. John Oliver as fucking Zazu, like, mm-hmm. spot on. Because <laughs> he gives me the same, like, oh, God, <laughs> when he was talking. So I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, but, like, some of the other ones. You know what, Brittany? I haven't asked you, like, how do you feel about your fave? I also just didn't want to watch fave? for that. Which fave is this? Her fave is Donald. Donald. Oh. oh. I make fun My of her. My condolences. Sorry. <laughs> I, make, <laughs> I make fun of her every episode. Like, I'm sorry. Like, how are you going to have robust vocals of Beyonce versus... Yeah. Struggle vocals? Like, oh, yeah, on a duet? duet. Yeah. Yeah, girl, I listened to I listened to some of Can You Feel Love Tonight, and I laughed, <laughs> and then I turned it off, and then I laughed some more, and then I was like, "Girl, they playing," and I just never went. Yeah, back. it was it was kind of it was kind of reedy, but I guess we could talk about the music. Um, now that we're on like the subject, so, um. The music is definitely, like, I think the standout um, of the, especially the first one. I don't know about the second one, but especially mm-hmm. the first one. Um, so, when I was watching the behind the scenes, like, basically, which I didn't realize it was Hans Zimmer that was on here. And, you know, he didn't really seem to know. A lot of the people that were behind the scenes were white, which led me to believe that, like, not mm-hmm. many people knew what they were doing. So they have this guy whose name is Lebo M, um, who was basically like the heart of the movie. Like he was the one who came up with the whole opening of Circle of Life, which basically kicks off the whole movie. Um, and I don't think you can have the movie without the Circle of Life. And then from there, like he was basically just like the person who just did a lot of the rhythms and he was kind of like no make it like this because you don't know what you're doing and <laughs> and um because i'm thinking like hans zimmer like mm-hmm. like inception hans zimmer <laughs> so i know he's got like a really long storied career but um i was like that would be super weird to just have hans zimmer but then you have like elton john and tim rice on um on some of the other songs, like, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I mean, like, the songs still slap. I don't really... Okay, on y'all's versions, or, like, however you watched it, do y'all have a song called The Morning Report? A song? I did not. I watched no. on Disney+, yeah. Plus, and I'm so glad I didn't have The Morning Report. I've heard it's that song. I've seen that good. scene. Oh, wow. Not a fan. <laughs> it's not good. 
Yeah, so usually on like these Disney DVDs that they put out, girl, I don't know. I guess they're trying to recapture some of that magic, but they always have like a new song. And the new song is not nearly as good as the old song, which leads me to believe that Disney is somehow very close to being on its last leg <laughs> creatively because like Beauty Beats had a new song, it didn't need it. Aladdin had a new song, it didn't need it. I don't know about Little Mermaid. Um, this one has a song called The Morning Report, which is like where, you know the scene where like Mufasa and Zazu, or not Mufasa and Simba kind of play with Zazu and they pounce mm-hmm. on him. Yeah, they like tried to like, they shoved a new song <laughs> in that spot. And I was like, ew. This is with the 2019 version? No. Oh, I don't know. Did they have? I know they have it on the old version. Oh, so there was like a, a song called The Morning Report with the 1994 version. Yeah. They oh, like wow. added it in I feel after. like I should have known that. Okay. Wow. They added it in after. Because I think you can still watch it on like just a regular like straight up thing. I feel like my DVD has that. But ooh, I was like, no, y'all don't have the juice anymore. Mm. <laughs> y'all don't have the juice. We interrupt this program. We're proud to announce that this episode of Black Girl Film Club is sponsored by Super Yaki. Super Yaki is an online shop that makes fun, eco-friendly merch made for anybody that loves movies. That's right. Super Yaki sells original apparel, enamel pins, and more. If you love movies, this is the perfect place for you. I have the Josie and the Pussycats t-shirt. Brittany has the You Wouldn't Steal a DVD t-shirt. They're super soft, super comfortable, and we wear them all the time. And the best part is, Super Yaki has new drops all the time, so you could treat yourself or a friend. And, this is key, y'all, every order comes with a fun surprise. Super Yaki is offering 10% off with the code SUPERFRIEND, that's S-U-P-E-R-F-R-I-E-N-D, in all caps. Support a small business and head over to superyaki.com, that's S-U-P-E-R-Y. A-K-I, and let them know that Brittany and Ashley sent you. Now, back to our program. But I guess, like, if we went through, like, the, I guess the scenes, maybe we don't have to go through every scene, but I wonder, like, do y'all have a favorite scene? Is there a scene that just, like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like, um, because, I mean, I could say my favorite scene, which is, like, the silliest scene, which is the dress and drag doing the hula at the very end <laughs> with Timon and Pumbaa. Can I tell you that has always made me crack up? Even when I was a kid and I didn't understand what drag was or, you know, yeah. that always made me laugh. I had no idea what drag was at all. <laughs> that was my favorite. And I was like, you have to have it in the new one. Of course, they didn't do it. And I'm like, yeah, come on now. Yeah. That would have been, you know, that would have saved it for me. <laughs> hmm. That was always my favorite. But yeah, so like, I guess, Danielle, what's your favorite scene? Oh, man, that's really difficult. Well, like I said, I don't know that it's my favorite, but, you know, Circle of Life, again, is something that always makes me emotional. Even when I watched it last week, you know, to prepare for this, I was like, why am I getting emotional? I've seen this like a thousand times. But it's just like, how can something be so beautiful? How can something made in, you know, 1994 still be so beautiful? And 
like you like you were talking about earlier about the detail on the, or I think it's Brittany about the details on the animals like I don't know if y'all noticed but the giraffes lashes were like gorgeous like the giraffes mm-hmm. had these full eyelashes that I never noticed <laughs> before in in the the um circle of life and then you know you had the elephants walking past Mount Kilimanjaro and and then the music and I and I thought it was so interesting how you you understand exactly what's going on but there are no words there's no conversation it's just the lady singing the song and like the the Mm -hmm. chorus behind her but you're understanding what these animals are doing um which i mean i don't know i don't want want to get off topic it just seems really confusing that these people or these animals are like coming in reverence to their predators because that really doesn't make a lot of sense but um no it's really beautiful i do I have a favorite scene? I don't think I have a favorite scene. I think it would be too hard for me to pick. Although I will say that I do appreciate Be Prepared more than I did previously. Um, mm-hmm. Like the lyrics to those, just paying attention to them more. Uh, it was just like, huh. Hmm. Like I know Scar's the villain, but it's like, huh. I too would like to be respected and saluted and seen for the wonder I am. So maybe he has a point. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he's kind of being maniacal right now. Um, I think, oh shoot, I'm trying to think. I think the the other contender, I guess, would be when Simba is talking to Scar's, or Mufasa's spirit, I guess you could say, when Mufasa's in the sky. That was really like... um, when um Ashley you were saying about like the biblical um the biblical like undertones to it I was like so I was like is Simba supposed to be Jesus or something but like (laughs) (laughs) but it was so like it was still like resonated with me in terms of like sometimes you need people to be like what's going on this isn't who you are you've forgotten yourself you need to get back um, as Beyonce said, find your way back. Like you have to find your way back to yourself. <laughs> you've forgotten me. You've forgotten yourself. You've forgotten where you've come from. You need to take your place in the circle of life. Like, and, and, you know, and Simba was like, Oh no, don't leave me. You don't forsake me. That's why I was really like, Oh my gosh, is Simba Jesus right now? Is Simba like, it's, is Simba Jesus? Cause I'm hearing a lot of like, <laughs> like I'm hearing Bible verses in this conversation. So. Mm-hmm. But I think just like the importance of that and being able to, to communicate with his his loved one who's passed on and in this time where Simba has lost direction and really has no clue who he is or what he's supposed to do. I think that is another scene that was just like, huh, that's it's really powerful. So I guess those would be my three favorites. I can't really narrow it down to one. But um but yeah. I mean the whole movie's a bang, yeah. so I don't blame you. <laughs> Brittany, what's your favorite? Um, I was going to say, like, I feel like Be Prepared is a mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. villain song scene. It's one of the top ones. Um, and for me, one of my favorite scenes, it was the Dracula. <laughs> like, when I was younger, that was, like, I used to get so excited. to be like, yep, 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 all the time. Um, and I also, like when Simba meets his 
um, vegan <laughs> uncles, Timon and Pumbaa. Like, I used to get super excited, like, when he, he first meets them and he, they introduce them, um, they introduce him to their mm-hmm. way of life and how it's very different from his life on, um, in the Pride Land. Like, they just do their own thing. They have no worries. They introduce him to the concept of Hakuna Matata, which looking back on it now, like as an adult, is mm-hmm. different. Because like when we're introduced to it, like when we were introduced to it as children, it was like a fun song. And for me, like I didn't, like when I was first introduced to it as a kid, like I didn't know it was yeah. like Swahili. Um, and listening to like the lyrics now, like I have what the like the the meaning of um, the phrase is, but it wasn't introduced as that concept. Um, it just was like a fun song that like Disney mm-hmm. created, you know. Um, but overall, like Hakuna Matata is one of my favorite scenes and i also like oh, the yes, transition yes. yeah when he grows and, like, up puberty yes when simba <laughs> hits that little like slide in like no worries <laughs> you I'm know that focus too you know he hits that doo-wop slide like he <laughs> is with vandross you know he tries to hit them notes you know when they had his little little bitty little teenager tuft of hair and i was like oh i know he was ugly when he was <laughs> I was like, let's just skip over that ugly part. Let's just get straight to the adulthood because uh-uh, girl. <laughs> that little tuft of hair. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Maybe lions are a little ugly in puberty. <laughs> like, oh no. I feel, yeah, I, I, um, I never really sat there and thought about Hakuna Matata that much as far as like its meanings, although I do know it wasn't like a Swahili phrase, but I mean, Disney kind of Disney, the Disneyfication of things, Lord, <laughs> like that could be a podcast episode in itself. Like, I was just thinking about it, like during my last rewatch, I was like, you, you, like, you're singing this, like, this is a language, but like when you were like singing it when you were younger like you didn't mm-hmm. know and w- when you hear this in other places like they play this at Disneyland like I think when did I go to Disneyland I think I went to Disneyland in 94 and maybe oh Lion King hadn't come out yet but I know I went to Disney World a little later and I know I've definitely oh, heard yeah. it there oh, a, a lot. And it's like, you're like everything. You're making money off like a cultural mm-hmm. phrase that you have yeah. likely trademarked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The mouse be trademarking everything. I know they're going. I wonder what they're going to do when like Mickey Mouse turns into like public domain. They're probably going to be like, "Hell no, you better stay away," because it's close. I'm pretty sure if it hasn't happened already, it's pretty close. 
Um, I feel like it's what, like 80 years or something, which is like insane to think about. Um, yeah. To your, to your point, Brittany, like when I was looking it up, it's like, it's definitely, so they didn't do like a lot of people tend to do where it's just like Africa as a country, like they barely clearly made it's it's like based on either east africa or south africa but it's still like a mishmash of the two like the setting is in east africa but some of the names are in swahili and then some of the names are in zulu and then circle of life the what they're singing is in zulu so it's like still like a mishmash of things and like you said not really taking care to um like or to show or emphasize that this is part of like a real language and a real culture that exists and instead just making it a part of like the overall product so yeah that that kind of that kind of I don't know it kind of sucks but I mean I don't know I guess the I guess the references are, are a little less vague like it's not just Africa even though the care that they did take to be specific really kind of doesn't really amount to much when you think about it so yeah i don't know i know they did that with the music too they kind of drew from a lot of different parts of africa um so i wonder if that had any influence as well as far as um like the words they picked out and things like that and of course like their trip Mm -hmm. to africa um yeah, I didn't really get too far in that because I was like, this is feeling very, like, feed the children mm. kind of, <laughs> like, old 90s commercial. And I was like, oh, okay, that's enough of that. Like, just show me, like, the animation. That's enough because um, otherwise I'm going to be upset. So, like, yeah, I wonder if that's, like, a part of it um, as well because, like, it's kind of fun. And apparently they did trademark it, like, uh, 2018? Apparently, <laughs> they waited real late. Yep. Oh, it's trademarked here in the United States. Mm. So yeah. Um, mm. So I know people were not happy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, on the flip side of that, I mean, some scenes that you were like, "Hey, that's a lot." <laughs> oh. Which I guess is gonna be the one that everybody says. I don't know. I feel like I have quite a few, so I don't know. <laughs> you okay. can go ahead and say what's on your mind. <laughs> oh, I mean, because everybody always says like the stampede, but then I'm always like, I always looked at it from like a like a drawing animation standpoint, even like when I was really younger, and I was like, this is like real because it's like that scene, and then like the scene from Mulan. I always think about with the Huns coming over the mountain. Like that was always like real big deals. Um, because of how much work they went into, like, the animation part of it. Because, I mean, this is back when people were still drawing stuff by hand and, um, you know, taking a long-ass time to to do it. But, I mean, it looks bomb as hell. So, um, I remember talking to my friend one time, and she was being like, this is like we had to be in, like, high school talking about this. And she was like, yeah, I think we were watching The Lion King. And she was like, oh, I don't want to watch this part. I'm going to fast forward. And I was like, we're, like, you know, 
I'm like, we're almost 18 years old. <laughs> like, you're going to fast forward. And she was like, I don't want to watch this. So like, you don't watch this? I was like, I, mean, I don't have a problem. And she's like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, this scene is awful. Like, yes, it's awful. But I was like, it's the turning point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's well done. <laughs> like, you remember it. It's just awful. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to hear, like, what your scenes are. Not that you don't like them, but they're just kind of like, ooh, that's that's a little bit much in my heart. Oh, okay, so scenes that are, like, overwhelming? Okay, I thought you Maybe. meant scenes that were kind of, like, uh, I don't know, like, gave, gave us pause. So I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, let me think. I don't know. I think I, I I don't think any of them were like too much for me. I think I just found myself asking a lot of questions that I d- didn't think to ask before. Uh, <laughs> like um, like I said uh, previously about like why are these animals revering their predators? Um, that That's sounds so really because it's me. like oh yay here's a new future king who's going to hunt and kill and eat us yay like i don't understand because <laughs> then i was thinking okay well what do they get out of this arrangement like of being under the lions is it like stability or protection or i don't know i think i think more of the political aspect i was questioning more when i watched this movie or like um uh-huh Oh my goodness, or I didn't understand why if Scar I don't, I didn't understand um, if Scar wanted to be king so badly and felt like that was that belonged to him, then why did he wait until Simba was born to do something about it? That was another thing. Yeah. Um, I was also didn't understand the hyena. Well, no, I did because he promised them they they would they wouldn't starve. But then they did starve. So then why didn't the hyenas just overthrow Scar once he wasn't delivering on his promises? Um, oh, he blamed that on the lionesses though. So never mind. I guess that does make sense. Um, okay. <laughs> because, like, um, what do y'all do? Or like. Um, why didn't the lionesses overthrow Scar? Like, couldn't they have been together? Why does there need to be a, a male leader of of the Pride Lands? And and then L- Nala goes to um, find Simba, or she f- happens to find Simba. Is like, you need to come back and restore order. But I was thinking, huh? Well, there's no like definitive evidence that Simba would be a better leader than Scar other than the fact that he's the heir to this throne. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but it's like, right. he, he's been out here for years. He didn't even get to be fully trained by his father. Like, he doesn't even <laughs> really know how to do this thing. And, but you, you are so sure that once he comes back and kicks his uncle out of the way that everything will be back to the way it needs to be. And it's like, well, maybe Simba's going to fumble the ball too. You don't know. Like, <laughs> um, Maybe this is the very Shakespearean part of it where he's just like, because I know Hamlin was just like, girl, I don't know about yeah. this. <laughs> like, I'm losing my yeah. shit over here. Or like, there's a part where 
um, you know, Simba or Mufasa is like talking to Simba, like everything the light touch. And that's another thing. So when he said everything the light touches is your kingdom, <laughs> it was giving me very much the sun never sets on the British Empire vibes. And I was like, huh? I don't, I don't like this. And then he went on to be like, um, when they were walking in the grass and he was trying to teach him a lesson about the circle of life and we're all connected in the delicate balance of life and we must respect all animals. But I was like, okay, all animals except for the hyenas? Because it seems like they're the only ones that y'all don't really see it for. <laughs> so where do they fit in the circle of life? I, just, I don't know. Maybe I was just thinking I, too much into yeah. it. But little things like that, I was like, huh. Oh, another thing. Um, I realized, maybe it was already obvious, but I didn't think about it that much. Neither Scar nor Mufasa are elected leaders. Um, obviously, Scar or Mufasa is a monarch. And Scar kind of appoints himself um like he gets the hyenas on his side but it's not really a choice it's like stick with me and you'll get something out of the deal once i get what i want so you can either go along with that or you can continue to stop to starve and that's not really a choice so i don't know i was just thinking about the fact that on the one hand he does question the status quo and that's not inherently wrong but at the same time he's not really like this isn't some sort of whatever kind of like revolution that he's claiming to be about where he's going to make things better for everybody obviously that's not the case um like there's there's like no democracy in this story because <laughs> neither of those leaders are elected by right or chosen yeah. by the animals that they that they lead so i don't know i hope i didn't go off on a tangent but those are just things that i was like huh i never thought to consider before um yeah. I, I never considered this the sun's never setting on the British Empire. That's like a I know. thing. That triggered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the variety. <laughs> and I shouldn't even say that because like you have a lot of British listeners. But like it just made me think, like, damn, how really we're out here <laughs> with your foot on everybody's neck. Yeah. Who told you you could do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, I mean, that's so interesting. If they are still listening past, it's Tuesday evening. They'll be fine. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> our our Bridget Jones episode, we had a little bit of of accent fun. Um, because we can... we love you guys, <laughs> but bruh. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, it is very. I guess you could think of it as like colonial, maybe. But I feel like too, like. I guess in their respect part is like they eat only what they need and they don't hunt just to hunt or they don't just, you know, do, you know, too much in terms of of terrorizing the other animals just mm-hmm. because they can, because you know they could, um, which is why like when Scar yeah. takes over, it looks like, you know... <laughs> 
straight death New York in the 80s. If you want to connect it to New Jack City, Brittany, we can connect it as New York in the 80s. Oh, no. <laughs> we were trying to figure out how to connect the two, and I was like, yeah, no, this is looking real, 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 real sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Sahara shouldn't look like that. Not the Sahara, the Serengeti should not look like that. It should look a little less, um, a little less dry, a little, little more... You know, it looked parched. It looked parched. It looked mm-hmm. crunchy. Looked ashy. Ashy. Yeah, it looked very ashy. It looked very gross, sister. Like it was very. <laughs> it was doing. A, it was sad. But I think that's where the respect part is because I mean, you have all these lions. Like they could easily just hunt everything down in the general vicinity, and it would be over. Which is, I guess, what the hyenas did. But then also like. I don't know, like, do hyenas just eat all the time? Like, what was the... I don't know. I know very little about hyenas, actually. Everything I know about hyenas <laughs> think, comes from the Lion King. So... Okay, okay. I'm seeing here on the Wikipedia, it says that they're a scavenger, primarily a scavenger, but it will also attack and kill any animals it can overcome. Um, also they like fruit so shout out to them um, but yeah so I guess they um, they have the ability to drive off lo- larger predators like lions from their kills so I mean they kill things but I feel like they do they're more of like a, like vultures almost I guess like they're not really which is why they had the lionesses doing all their work mm. anyway yeah Although apparently, if they're attacked, they will also pretend that they're dead. They'll play dead. Mm. Um, so yeah, certain certain types of hyenas. So that's pretty interesting. I was very mad to like bring it back to like the new version. I was very mad that they made this hyenas look <laughs> so ugly because they're just they're just dogs. Like they're dog. They're, yeah, they're and we wild didn't even dogs. get. Well, I don't remember, but we didn't even get. You know, my favorite nonverbal friend Ed. I don't think he was really like. You know didn't really function in the same way as like comedic relief or anything like that in the the newer version so yeah they had eric freaking andre as as well he wasn't ed they had who eric andre was one of the hyenas they had they had who you heard me okay (laughs) but you didn't know that right because he didn't say anything is that another one of your faves they had him in the in Oh. oh, that's one of my faves. She doesn't. She doesn't oh, okay. see it. She it um, I only like the chaos. You know, um, if you've ever watched, I mean, his show is very hard to watch because it's it's very uh, cringe inducing. But if you've ever watched his one segment where he makes the rappers do like what is it called? He called like American rapper warrior ninja. It's supposed to be like ninja warrior. And he has the uh, rappers like rapping on like a like a plank, and then they fall into like a a pool of eels, and he's sitting up there waiting with like a cattle prod, <laughs> and and they're blindfolded, <laughs> and so you're just like, what what brain? What's going on in this brain? But also like, the fact that Eric Andre was in the same movie as Beyonce mm. is just hilarious to me, because <laughs> he's in this very like, you know, very portrait serious photo shoot with all like the different actors and stuff and then here he goes doing some weird like faux mcdonald's character ronald mcdonald's character i was like okay cool the duality of man (laughs) so but i also remember um 
Your other fave, Brittany, this is not really her fave, but Keegan Michael. She calls him Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, she does not say Keegan. Keegan Michael Key. He's one of the hyenas too. And I think he has a bigger role than Eric Andre does. But they didn't let Eric do anything. Maybe he was wilding out in the studio. Oh, bro. It wouldn't surprise me. He's kind of a mess. But, um,. Yeah, I was very upset about the hyenas, and I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because they're scavengers, and they just kind of pick off of of things that, yeah, you know, maybe they they don't have that respect from the, from the other animals because they don't hunt themselves. Maybe. I guess I did just I think because you were talking about like scenes that were overwhelming. Um, I I think something I didn't really catch on to previously before you know this last time that I watched it was just like how much shame Simba feels and like the family Mm -hmm. dynamic between him Mm -hmm. and Scar um because you know he's Scar is clearly the villain to us and there are so many times where Simba trusts Scar and lets or is manipulated by Scar and I'm, and, and before I was just like, why, why, you know that your uncle is not trustworthy, but th- for Simba, there was no evidence. Like he didn't have a reason to not trust his uncle. He just loved his uncle and, and believed in, in whatever his uncle told him. Cause he's not, well, you know, as a kid, you're not expecting people to do you harm or to, to trick you or anything. Um, but then, you know, mm-hmm. when Scar makes him believe that makes Simba believe that his father's death is his fault. Um, yeah, he kind of like sowed the seed of like years of, of shame and self-blame and, and isolation that Simba goes through. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's just really, ah, that's just really sad. Um, and, and then at the end where he's yeah. like, where he finally realizes that his uncle has lied to him and, 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 you know, planted all these negative thoughts about himself in his mind and has taken, you know, his father away from him and his livelihood away from him and his family and his home away from him. And he's, he, at the end, he's just like, why should I believe you? Everything you've ever told me is a lie. Like, he's just now realizing that his this relative that he trusted has lied to him all this time and then he says something like you don't deserve to live i was just like "Ooh, i don't remember Simba saying this line um <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that was the part i was like this is getting I, a little dark i think just <laughs> this, that is, this is dark being let down by someone that you've trusted your whole life especially a family member i don't know i guess i didn't really think about that part of it until i watched it this time around like wow Simba is dealing with a lot of shame that is not his his to carry and on top of that he's being like blindsided and manipulated by this relative that he loves and trusts and he has no idea so yeah that was something that was like huh that that's really that's really sad it made me feel like the movie was sadder than I remember it being right Right, I was sitting there, I was like, why was I allowed to watch this? <laughs> like, why was I allowed to watch this? Because this poor baby 
is like, you know, tricked, like you said, by a family member. I also was like watching Scars, like animation. I was like, this is like barely, uh, like thinly veiled contempt <laughs> on his part. I was like, dang, you really wish you could just knock him off a cliff, don't you? Um, so yeah, like the whole story is, is pretty dark. I'm like, you can only do this with like animals because I feel like if you do this with people, like this, these children be. Mm. <laughs> I mean, most of us are already like traumatized just seeing poor Mufasa die. But then I'm like, if this is actual people, like, I don't know if I would have, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to watch it. I don't know if I'd been allowed to watch this. Like, you know, um, so yeah, that's it's pretty overwhelming to like think of it because I'm like, dang, this is very, this is a very sad story in a lot of parts. Um, you know, he got he didn't get to spend as much time with his mother. You know, he lost all those years because also too like I don't really know how long it takes like lions to grow from like um, cubs to like maturity. I don't know if they're cubs, but like um, yeah, that's a long time to not be around with your family and stuff. Even though you were having the time of your life doing whatever you yeah. wanted to do. And I was wondering, like, when Zara um, was telling him, oh, what would your mother think? Like, implying that everyone was going to blame him for Mufasa dying. And But I was like, well, like, this is Simba's whole life. Like, the pride is all he knows. Like, wouldn't his bonds with the other lines be strong? Or are they not strong enough for him to think that they might understand and not blame him for what happened? But I don't know, maybe he's in shock or again, a, just a kid innocently believing his uncle and, and also not wanting to get in trouble. But I was wondering about that, too. Like, that's like that his mom and and like the, the pride of lions, that's his family. But I guess he didn't feel or didn't think that he could, I don't know, uh, get any sort of like understanding or forgiveness from them and just took Scar's words at face value. Um yeah, he like lost out on his whole family over his uncle's foolishness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely like a little kid thing. Yeah, because that's my you know, I was using my first name. I was like, hell no, I don't want to tell nobody nothing because <laughs> I am in trouble. <laughs> I knew I was gonna be in trouble for something. So yeah, I can see that being a thing too. And then you're just like, oh, this little baby, he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> he was just, and he also witnessed something. Horribly oh, yes. traumatic at the same yeah. time. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, if this is a person that you'd be like, okay, years and years of therapy. Let's get you in the chair. <laughs> let's get you, let's get you some therapy today. Cause that's a mm-hmm. lot. And like one day you, you're, you self exile. Well, really you're exiled by your uncle. Cause also he like, you know, sent, you know, vicious cat dog thingies. Yeah. <laughs> hyenas to, to kill his only nephew so like you're being chased um and then you're also being blamed for somebody's murder like that's a lot that's a lot for like me as like a 31 Mm -hmm. year old (laughs) to to think about like oh no that's disney you grow you wild (laughs) but it's effective it's effective because like you know with like you said with animals you can kind of like for instance zootopia is about the war on drugs but if Disney had said we're gonna make a movie about the war on drugs and had just like regular people in it, it probably wouldn't have done as well. It might not even seen the light light of day. But instead, you have Zootopia, and yeah. it's like, oh wow, this is about the war on drugs, and you get it. So, 
I feel like too there isn't there like um like Wally's kind of like that too like not the war on drugs but like as far as like human beings doing a lot and kind of not caring about mm-hmm. their planets or themselves and stuff and I remember my mom talking about that she's like you wouldn't want to watch that it's very political and I'm like I know what it's about <laughs> like I get it you usually have to disguise like a lot of hard I guess hard discussions within animation which is why I think like some people are like oh no you can't watch that um or you watch it and you're just like oh damn like (laughs) I didn't know this is all this is all happening um in this story so yeah it is very effective when you think about it you're just like oh my heart (laughs) (laughs) it hurts (laughs) Oh man, there's so many things that stand out. Also, just the animation in general, um, like the backgrounds are really nice. You know, animation team from like 30 years ago, y'all did this. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> y'all did. Y'all did. I don't know, like you know who's around and and stuff like that, but uh, y'all did that a lot. Um, also. <laughs> Going back to when they had like destroyed the Pride Lands and Timbo or not Timbo <laughs> came up and he was like, You risking all that <laughs> for this? <laughs> it gave me very much like damn bitch, y'all live like this. Like that's <laughs> that's that's where Timon's head was at. He was like We came oh, all this way, might as well. I mean I guess I'll help you. <laughs> I'll help you. Some of the humor of this is still really good. It's particularly the Mufasa part. I still cracked up with that. (laughs) The part with the hyenas and the (laughs) Mufasa. (laughs) And Ed is is laughing his butt off. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. I was like, who came up with this? Like, was this like a whoopee? Like, was somebody just riffing in the studio? Or is like... <laughs> it was still really funny. And also, Steve was talking about the lions were ugly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I remember this. A <laughs> man, are they ugly? Yes. yes I remember. <laughs> ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a very effective movie. It's a very sad movie. It's also very funny. I personally think that Disney will never, ever, ever get to this level again on their own with Disney animation. Um, I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> and also I was sitting there, I was like, is this why they bought up all these companies and stuff? Because uh, this is a hit and y'all don't really be making hits like this no more without the help of somebody else's studio. Mm. Yeah. Cause we've talked about Disney on here a little bit. Um, basically how they, bought up everything and so because I think what is it last year I think in one box office they had like six of the ten top movies that like one week I was like that can't that can't be good <laughs> for the long run mm-hmm. um basically because of just how Disney does things but also I was like yeah yeah when was the last time you watched a Disney movie and you're like oh shit this slaps like it's been a minute. Um, it's been a while. Is it 
Mm, would that count? What movie? Coco. Uh, oh yes. Wait, is that does Coco that count? Is Pixar, but is good. Coco was probably the last movie I was like, oh, this is this is a little heart wrenching. This is a bit much. <laughs> just um, sitting up at two a.m. just crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think if Pixar wasn't in the is wasn't in the picture, like they would be struggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just disappointed that they no longer will make 2D animated movies, and they disbanded their 2D animation department. Mm. Um, they're. It, it's limitations with 3D animation. You just can't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I understand that it takes a lot of work to animate a movie sale by sale. Um, but it's, it's, it's magic there and they have created magic that way. Yeah. Um, and I, well, I guess people are still doing traditional animation, um, digitally, but, They've put a lot into their 3D animation wing, and I'm sorry, but like Frozen, Frozen Two, they they can't, they don't match it. Like they don't match the classic movies. Um, and I'm not saying that because those are like I grew up with the Disney Renaissance, but it's just like the films aren't of the same quality. And I've even seen like Tangled, and Tangled is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Tangled is cute. It's just not the same. I don't know something about like a non-Pixar 3D animated movie or CGI animated movie. However, they do it. I'm like, oh, I don't know about <laughs> this. Mm-hmm. Is all right. Yeah. Then I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, Pixar up for a long time, they were just beating me over the head emotionally. <laughs> they were really doing it because up, you almost killed me. Mm. <laughs> up was a up was a, um, an experience that I've literally had twice, and I cannot watch that movie anymore. Mm. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why they did that because like their whole legacy is in their two D animation. Like you would think they would keep that part alive because they were so influential over the last like almost century within their animation that they were, I don't know, you know, have a school or something. I know they have like internships, but I don't think it's, it's probably not with their 2d department anymore. So like you would think you would keep that, that entire part of like your history. Mm hmm. Um, alive, so that's really disappointing. I don't remember. I don't remember the last two. Was it Princess and the Frog? Frog? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think that was the last one. That was the very last one. After that, they disbanded the department and they weren't going to make anyone. Um, and that was pretty much based on the success of the film. Like, I want to say it was based on the success of the film, and it wasn't that successful. Boo. Um, Y'all but, didn't do it right anyway, like, so that's your own fault. Based on the success of the film compared to, like, 
Disney Renaissance movies because mm-hmm. the studio was already in a decline. Yeah, so, I don't remember what they made after Tarzan, but whatever they did, it wasn't really a slapper. Yeah, it was not really set up for success. Um, and like Tangle was actually supposed to be 2D animated, but since um, The Princess and the Frog wasn't successful, I think they decided to make it 3D. And that's what happened with that. I think, don't quote me on that, but I think that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. I do, because um, I know The Lion King gets a lot of praise for like how wonderful it is, which it is, and how like original it is. And I don't know if like um, like Ashley or Brittany, either of you, are going to bring it up, but there has been criticism in the past that they actually like jacked a lot of their imagery from Kimba the White Lion, which is a Japanese. Well, it started off as a, as a manga and then an animated film or an animated series. And that has existed, like, in various forms since the 1950s. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, a lot of the imagery, like the way Pride Rock looks or the fact that the main character of that is called Kimba and the main character of Lion King is called Simba. Um, wow. Like, a lot of imagery <laughs> is very similar and of course, Disney mm-hmm. has like denied it or downplayed it or be like, oh, I've never heard of it. Mm, what a coincidence, you know? Um, oh. Whereas other, um, some people like within Disney have said like, oh, there's no way they couldn't have been aware of this and, and all that. So I don't know. That's just something to keep in mind. Like I still appreciate the Lion King for what it is, but it's likely that it's not like completely original especially if you look look it up and compare the two. There are a lot of similarities that it seems like more than a coincidence. And I feel like, I mean, isn't it already known that Disney, like, steals? I don't know. I haven't looked into that very much, so don't quote me on that. But like... <laughs> I feel like animators watch other animators. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... I don't say it's not possible, but you don't really make stuff in a bubble... Like people, other things. Uh, I haven't seen Kimba. We actually considered watching it as like a comparison, but they were like, "Well, do we want to watch two movies that may just be the same movie <laughs> twice?" So we didn't watch it. But I have heard about it. I don't know like the full like plot of it. Do you know it, any of it, Brittany? Because you're the one who told me about it. Um, I think way back when. I have forgotten the details of it. It is different Mm -hmm. than The Lion King. And it goes off into, like, different tangent. Like, I know Kimba gets, like, kidnapped or something. Love a kidnapping. Um, (laughs) It's... It's it's very different, but some elements are the same. And I actually have watched like videos about the subject before, um, because this was something that I was curious about, and I was just up late. And I was like, hmm, I'm gonna watch this video. <laughs> um, well, you ruined so my I watched like um, <laughs> this YouTube video on like. I forget one of my favorite YouTube channels. I'm telling my business is Defunct Land. I've never hmm. heard of that. Is it so Defunct Land? 
tells like stories about um, Disney related history. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like um, it was either Defunct Land and or Yesterworld, one or the other. Okay. I don't remember which one. Defunct Land is really cool. They do like a series on like old TV shows too. So that I would recommend Defunct Land a lot. But it might have been Yesterworld. But either or, I think Yesterworld did the Kimba the White Lion one. Um, but it's a lot of it's a lot of like image comparisons that mm-hmm. would make you think that maybe the animators had seen it and were inspired by it and used that as inspiration. But story wise, not as much. And when like talking about the project. And, like, I've heard that, like, like um, discussing the project, like, they've said, like, yeah, we've seen it, but, yeah, we've seen it. <laughs> and they haven't, like, elaborated on it, but Disney as a company said, no, we, we ain't never seen that. None of, none, no people involved with this project has ever seen Kimba the White Lion. Well, you know, ever. like, I think it's weird because, like, Disney has so many, like, so much stuff that is based off other stuff <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not it's very rare when you have like a completely like 100 percent original disney story i mean like just mm-hmm. like looking at the renaissance films most of those are based off of like old fairy tales or old um old stories like i mean you know or old historical figures like mulan like <laughs> Like, it's it's not, I don't know. I don't ever look at Disney as being, like, 100% original because when they try to be 100% original, usually it's garbage. And so, like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> which is why they've lost some of the magic for me, like, over time because I'm just, like, y'all rely on a lot. And I, I mean, the way, like, animators and, like, other creative people work, like, I can't imagine somebody just being, like, oh, I've never seen that before. Of course, we saw it in a book. You probably got a book. Um mm-hmm. I mean, being back in, like, what is this, like, the early 90s, you definitely probably had a book. Someone had a book somewhere to reference something or had a, I don't know, uh, whatever the old version of, (laughs) not a VHS, what were those old things they used to have in the 80s to play tapes? I can't remember what they're called. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember what they're called. Brittany, you're supposed to help me out. You know these things. With the bear that you pop tape in and it reads it? <laughs> yeah, you pop it in from the top. Teddy Ruxpin? No. <laughs> VHS thing. <laughs> it was like a pre-VHS thing. But anyway. Oh, wow. Betamax? Yeah, Betamax. That's what I'm thinking of. The old, old, old shit. But I'm feeling like, <laughs> like, you know, like, like other artists look at other artists and like it's, you know, I don't think anything that Disney's ever made really has been like 100% original i mean you gotta start doing snow white and the seven dwarfs like mm-hmm. <laughs> like i mean it's fine but also like i don't know i think they just do that because they don't want to spoil the magic for everybody else and you know their whole like really really strict like brand Mm. Is very much like we don't know what you're talking about. Everything is happy <laughs> all the, all the time. There's nothing bad here in the house of mouse. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I may try to check that out if I can ever find Kimba. 
um, somewhere because I've heard about it several times. I haven't watched any of like the comparison videos, but I've seen like the comparison shots, um, like stills mm -hmm. between like Simba and Kimba and whoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Disney be doing a lot. <laughs> They do. That's true. They do. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I guess now that we've kind of like gone through the movie a little bit, like what are y'all's like recommendations of like I mean obviously you <laughs> you like this movie a lot, Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like this movie a lot. Brittany, what is your take? Um, so this was the first time I have watched this movie in about like twenty years. <laughs> Brittany like, always watches one thing like a movie one time and like never watches it again until we talk uh -huh. about it on the podcast you're always like oh I haven't watched this since, since it came out and I'm like dang girl <laughs> no like this was on rotation like watching this I this is one of the films like Aladdin like Beauty and the Beast like my girl Ariel um this was a film that I had programmed into my brain like I still knew dialogue I still knew songs I still knew pretty much the entire movie um and I hadn't seen it in a lot like in a very very long time um and I was kind of surprised that I still knew as much about it as I did um and because usually like um Sometimes I like still revisit certain movies like for Christmas or holiday season. I revisited Aladdin last year. Um, I hadn't watched that in a while. So I was like, hey, let me just rewatch this. But Lion King is not one that I have gone back to and watched. So it was kind of different to come back and watch this one. Um, so coming back to it was just it, it was it was OK. I would recommend it. Um I don't really feel the same way about it as I did when I was younger. And it's because of when I used to watch it a lot, there were around the time that I used to watch it a lot. It It's a special time. So like watching it now, it just made me think about that time. Um, so it just made me think about it a, a little too much, but it's a really good movie and I would recommend it to everyone like that soundtrack it slaps mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's full of bangers you need to run jason reaver his checks and <laughs> listen to it and watch that movie <laughs> so i would recommend it um and while i'm at it i would like recommend you just go with like another disney movie while you're here with a good soundtrack and I would go with like Aladdin. Oh my, hmm. my favorite. Yeah, my fave, my fave, my fave, my fave. <laughs> oh man, I mean, yeah. I I guess this is that you recommended, uh, Danielle. Do you have a recommendation um, as something to watch in comparison, or like in addition to? You know. Sure. Um, I have two. Um, the one I'm about to mention is not one of them, but 
or not one of the ones I came prepared to talk about. But I know we said <laughs> earlier that The Lion King 2 is not as good as the original Lion King. I will say, however, that if you do enjoy The Lion King, I do believe The Lion King 2 is worth watching at least... Or it's worth watching once if you did thoroughly enjoy The Lion King. Um, just, you know, to see how, what they decided to do with the story after the first film ended. And also, like, some of the songs are actually, like, really good. Like, there's a song that goes, like, um, it's like, deception, disgrace, like, like he is not one of us or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's really on par with, like, the rest of of the like the, the amazing soundtrack from the first film um there's another song on there that's pretty good that i can't remember but yeah i would say you know is it as good as the lion king no it's not terrible and if you do love the lion king then definitely give it a watch um just to say that you've seen it um but my actual recommendations to go with the lion king um first one i thought of is anastasia um which is another film that's dear to my heart uh, it wasn't a Disney movie at the time, but I guess technically it's a Disney movie now because Disney's been buying up everything. Um, I think it came out, it was Fox anim- Fox Animation um, is, is what put it out. Anastasia came out in 1997. Is about, um, you know, the, the famous rumor that um, the last princess of the Romanov, like, dynasty or whatever in Russia, like, they were killed off, I think, during the Bolshevik Revolution. But there's always been this rumor that Anastasia, one of the Romanov daughters, was still alive. So it takes that historical rumor and turns it into the story about, um, you know, this girl who, like Simba, has lost a parent, well, lost both her parents, and um, is trying to find herself and is going on this journey along with a couple of, of friends to, to figure out who she is. Um, and the music is also like phenomenal with that too, like Journey to the Past and and Once Upon a December. Yes. Oh my Ooh, goodness, that's like, a banger. Yes, they so, did that one. They did that one. So you know, another story where like you know a coming of age story where someone is trying to find themselves, contend with the past, and also contend with the loss of a parent or both their parents, um, and also go on this journey from like Russia to Paris. Like it's real cute. It's real cute. So that's one. Yeah. Um, the other one, um, that is, uh, kind of, maybe doesn't seem similar at the outset, it seems similar to me, is, um, it's, it's a French film called, oh lord, how does it go? J'ai perdu mon corps, or I lost my body, uh, it came out Mm -hmm. in 2019, uh, and it's on Netflix currently. Anastasia, it used to be on Netflix, but, um, I think... It might be on Hulu, or you can, like, pay to rent it at various other places. Um, but I Lost My Body is on Hulu, or Netflix, I'm sorry. It's a Netflix film, came out in 2019. And it's about this <laughs> severed hand that it's trying to make its way across the city of Paris back to the the guy, like, the body it belongs to. And and, <laughs> and, and the guy, it's an animated film, it's, it's 2D, anim- 2D, yes, 2D animation, um so like both my both of both Anastasia and I lost my body are animated um but the guy that the hand belongs to again lost his parents is kind of just wandering around trying to find himself um but I think it's interesting because 
Um, he's also, I think he's like Moroccan. So there's like a little touch of like, you know, like being Moroccan in Paris or being, you know, part of like an immigrant community in Paris. Also dealing with like learning to let go of certain things and learning that you don't always have to hold on to certain things or um, whatever plan you had for in life. Like you don't necessarily have to stick to that plan in order to move forward. Like even if you lose something that's important to you, you can find a way to move on without it and still be okay. So yeah, those are my recommendations. Anastasia and... I lost my body. I think they're both great, and yeah, we should watch them. Uh, yeah, so Anastasia is on Hulu, like you said, and I lost my body is on Netflix. And did you know the English dubbing actor for the main character is my boo, Dev Patel? <laughs> I will be watching this <laughs> ASAP. I will. It already sounded interesting, and the animation looks really, really. Um, cool. It's kind of like a, a different style than, you know, you would think like a typical animation. Like I feels, um, I don't know. I feels like a lot more, maybe it's cause it's been so long since I've seen 2d animation that it feels a lot more, um, I don't know, like hand drawn rather than super like crisp and, and there's a lot of texture. So it looks really cool. Um, yeah. I will say if body stuff grosses you out, then I mean, it's not a lot. I think you can handle it. But, you know, it's a severed hand. So just keep that in mind. That's all I'm saying. I mean, this feels like this would be right up Brittany's alley. <laughs> I know Brittany's like, let me, let me get into this. <laughs> I and am at it. <laughs> so this looks really good. And those are really good. I Mine are super basic in comparison. Uh, um, so, I mean... I guess I could suggest the ones that we were thinking about watching because we, listen, when you said The Lion King, like, you low-key threw us for a loop. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because we were, I was like, The Lion King? <laughs> that's not, that's not, I was not even expecting that. I don't know why I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, The Lion King. The Lion King's a good movie. Um, But, like, <laughs> we were like, oh, well, like, how are we going to, like, you know, pair, like, a, another movie? So we bounced around a lot. So I think like my first, what's our first inkling? I feel like I said New Jack City and I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then we ended up doing it. And then <laughs> and, uh, we were thinking about doing Black Panther. We obviously did not do Black Panther after Chadwick Boseman died because um, that would just be a lot. But I feel like they have a lot of um, not necessarily... I mean, they have a lot of similarities and there's certain parts that are, are... Oh, like the ancestral realm? Yeah, the ancestral realm, definitely. And then you also have, um, you know, the loss of a parent um, and a child trying to, like, you know, look to them for guidance. I feel like it's more, like, particularly scenes rather than full similar stories. And, of course, you have, like, you know, uh, like the brotherly betrayal and so um, we were thinking about doing that. Um, I also thought about Prince of Egypt, which was, which was <gasps> a... Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a really good, well done movie. Um, 
mainly for like again the ultimate brotherly portrayal i feel like where you know you got these two brothers that are clearly destined for two very different paths Mm -hmm. birth even though they are raised together and um i mean we're talking phenomenal animation i saw that in the theater and i was like i don't know i had to be like 10 years old when this movie came out and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the scene where, like, the, the party of the Red Seas and you see the shark. And I was like, no, this is too much. Mm. It was that kind of, like, really int- I think it was an IMAX. Was this an IMAX? It was a very large screen. We saw this for, like, like our Christmas family movie, I think. Um, songs are also a banger. Great um, voice cast. Because, I mean, you got, like, everybody from freaking... Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, which is so weird, because then you're thinking about, like, why are you doing playing, like, these random people? <laughs> like, then you have Ray Fiennes, you got Michelle Pfeiffer, you got Jeff Goldblum, um, I think Danny Glover is in it as well. Like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of voice talents. Of course, this soundtrack brought around the best greatest duet ever recorded in the history oh, of the industry <laughs> when you believe by Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey you cannot that is a great talk it is it's true that duet that is like a song where I'm just like I don't I feel terrible because I don't really go to like church and stuff anymore so like my church is like when I listen to like gospel music on occasion mm-hmm. and like that song just be that song be hitting, man. Mm-hmm. The song hits in a way that's just kind of like I can see, you know, there is some magic, there's some God in the yeah. room at the time between mm. two phenomenal singers. And so, um, yeah, I don't know where you can watch The Prince of Egypt. It was on Netflix for a long time, but I don't know where it is now. So, yeah. And I think I'm pretty sure I own that movie if I, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just a really good, it's a really good movie. Like, I mean, I mean, just for the, I think just like for the animation alone is, makes it a pretty great, pretty great watch. But, um, yeah, so those are my picks. I think those are good ones too. I forgot about the Prince of Egypt, but yeah, that's, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Beautiful film. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I think it's on. Um, I think it's on Hulu as well. If anybody's interested, I might actually watch that, which should be very Have interesting. You seen that movie before? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, oh. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you you tell me you're just like, no, I've never seen that. I'm like, girl, how? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. Like I said, I was very, very, very young when this movie came out. Actually, I didn't realize it came out in 98. I was very young when this movie came out. I was like nine mm. or something. So, um, yeah, it was very, it was a lot, I think, just to see it all. And it's probably one of the best. Because usually, like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of biblical stories are not really well done. Mm. <laughs> like, as far as, like, for children, they're kind of really cheesy. But this one was, like, really hard hitting. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a very beautiful, beautiful piece of work. So, um, so I guess we should tell everybody where you can find us. Brittany, do you want to 
Tell the people. So you can find us on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. We're also at on Instagram at Black Girl Film Club. You can also find us on Spotify, um, SoundCloud, and Apple, iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, you can also email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com or visit us at blackgirlfilmclub.com. And Danielle, where can we find you? Yes, so um, you can always find Young, Gifted, and Abroad on the website, younggiftedandabroad.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Young, Gifted, and Abroad. On Twitter, it's at YGAbroad. Um, and then uh, email is younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. I'm always open for new guests, uh, so feel free to reach out to me whenever. Uh, do keep in mind, though, that I'm not doing interviews again until January. So but feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm always looking for for new guests. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to say thank you again for having me. I know you all had a busy day. Like, didn't y'all do something with Occidental College earlier today as well? Um, yeah, I didn't catch yes. it. I'll have to watch yes. the recording. But um, yeah, I'm re- I was I really have been excited about doing this. I've been wanting to like guest on a film podcast for like a long time but wasn't sure if I'd ever get to do it so this has been really great and I'm still <laughs> a huge fan of yours and um yeah I just really appreciate y'all and this was really fun and I also hope I didn't get caught up in excitement and talk too much um but <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to us like I mean like if you, even if you weren't here like shoot the episode could have gone this long because <laughs> we be talking yes. man um but yeah, as far as like you said, you were going to have, um, you're going to have, or at least you're going to start interviewing again in January, interviewing guests. But is there anything like special that you have coming out that you want to let people know about? Um, is there anything like on the horizon for uh, you and your podcast? No, not really. Just, um, you know, kind of winding down the year and putting out the remaining episodes that I have. Um, so I'll be like, closing out the year in November. I will say that if you are at all curious about the podcast or about me, definitely listen to the second anniversary episode that I put out in June. Um, It's called Actually Delightful. And uh, it's just me talking. But I think if you have any questions about me or about the show, then it will answer them. And I share different stories about myself and things that I've learned as a part of doing this podcast as well. So definitely check that out. But as far as the future goes, just continue listening. Um, I'll be continuing to put out episodes through November. And then in January, I'll be back um, starting afresh. So, yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. And I mean, we're definitely excited. Uh, Danielle has like pretty much almost as many episodes, I think, as as we do. Because our podcast kind of came out. At the same time, right? Mm-hmm. I think and so. So, yeah. So she's got a wealth of of episodes. Um, definitely go and check her out. Subscribe, rate, comment. You know what you're supposed to do. So <laughs> let's do it. Thank you. Um, and you know, and support the podcast because Danielle's really cool. What she's doing is really really well, cool. Thank you. I think, especially if you're interested in travel, but if you thought you never could travel, um. 
you know, this will definitely inspire you. Um, hopefully in 2021, we'll be free from this hellhole. <laughs> we'll all be able to get on a plane without worrying or worse, um, someone telling us to go sit in a house for two mm. weeks. Um, because that's that's a great way to spend your your abroad mm. time is sitting yeah. in a house. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, fingers crossed things slow down <laughs> a little bit. Um, but as far as anything else we need to announce, I don't have any announcements. Brittany, do you have any announcements? Not at the moment, but as always, I feel like I end every episode the same and I will probably continue to do so. I want to thank everyone for listening to us. Um, today, like we were, um, were a part of a panel, um, and I feel like we should always thank you guys for listening and supporting us because we feel like sometimes that we're shouting into a void and apparently we're not like we feel really supported and like Danielle's with us and we love everybody and we really appreciate it. Like, Aww. I don't know. I just feel a lot of love right now and I want to share with everybody, Aww. you know, have a lot of feelings for you. <laughs> So just thank you guys for listening. Um, We just really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. We all definitely deserve that love and support. Y'all definitely deserve it. Um, Yeah. I just want to say also, if if at any point, like, you feel like having guests again, I'd be happy to come back if you want me to come back at any point. Not, then don't worry about it. But... (laughs) You're like, no, our first, we like, want you to come back. Yeah, this is like our fun. first like guest that we don't know personally. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like we definitely, I mean, you know, because we're kind of wild. So <laughs> sometimes we're like, do we really want to invite people into into this chaos <laughs> that we've produced? Like, yeah. <laughs> it can be too much. But we definitely enjoyed having you on yeah. the podcast. And of course, um, I don't know what our future plans are. We, I mean, you have plans. We are flying by the seat of our pants around here. So <laughs> we are planning things literally from month to month. But of course, if we ever have um, another guest spot, which of course we, we're definitely going to have more guests, but mm. we'll definitely, you're always welcome to come back. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah. And I also, I feel like Brittany, we haven't said anything about the news. That this episode is sponsored. Yes. Congratulations. Shout out to Super Yaki, the t-shirt company um, that makes all of our favorite t-shirts. They're our first sponsor. And we just really appreciate Andrew and the team for um, supporting us in this episode. Um, Don't know how you'll feel about us after you hear our New Jack City episode. But you know, this is great. (laughs) So thank you so much, Andrew. But um, as far as any other announcements, I don't have any. So I guess we should all say goodbye. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye, y'all. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye.